Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Buddy. Welcome to episode 333 of Spit and Chicklets, presented by Pink Whitney from our friends at New Amsterdam Vodka and the Boston Sports Podcast family. Folks, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's not December. It's not Christmas. It's now Stanley Cup playoffs back in the spring, the way it's meant to be. Day three, we had an instant classic Sunday night, three straight overtimes to start the playoffs. First time that ever happened. So much to get to. First, let's say hi to the gentleman first, Mikey Grinelli, our producer. What's going on, guys? Very, very, very excited to see you guys this week because you'll be in NYC. We're doing some live streams. So I'm just excited. The Bruins are winning. You guys are coming to NYC. I'm going to get to get some good dinner. So it doesn't get any better than this. No doubt about that. Biz Nasty, you're looking forward to some uh, nice sushi in New York or what, pal? I am very much looking forward to watching some live streams with you guys and even putting some wagers in. I know nothing about the gambling game. I want you to take me under your wing, R.A., and lead me in the right direction. I don't know if we're going to be doing the nickel and dime talk, if we could just talk in actual dollars, and we could even keep it a secret, but I'm going to bring, uh, I'm going to be my, uh, bring my rolled quarters, <laughs> and I'm going to be ready to wager. What do you think first about commun- that, Wit? First communion money. Wit dog, full hot takes online, one of which I got a bone to pick with you about. What do you mean hot takes? Let's go. I want Do your little intro. My hot thing. take is, yeah, you're going to bring a piggy bank full of, Canadian loonies and toonies <laughs> to gamble and be like, oh, I lost seven bucks because the Bruins didn't win in regulation. I, I, these playoffs so far, I feel like I have, I, I feel like I've, I think I've watched every single game pretty much the entire time. Yet so many things are going through my mind. I don't even know where we start. I'll say this though. Last year, like the bubble was so weird and it, it just forced right off the bat. It was hard to get animosity. It was hard to create like yeah. not rivalries, but hatred for one another because everyone was going through this bizarre circumstance of living in Edmonton and or where were the bubbles again? Edmonton and where? Toronto. Toronto. What the fuck, okay. Whitney? Okay. <laughs> so now we have a full-blown hate fest on our hands in every single division. All year, these fucking guys have been stuck playing against each other. The hatred's grown, and now look what's happening. We're having bursts of energy, anger, violence, and goals in every single game. I have bet a draw one game. One game I picked to bet the draw plus 330. It was the only fucking game that hasn't gone to (laughs) overtime. It was Panthers-Tampa, and it should have, too. But Sam Bennett fucked me. But I'm so pumped to be here. Let's get going. Where are we starting? He, well, he fucked Barkov, too. And if we're going to start there, the, the only thing I was uh, chirping early on was the fact that you thought that that should have been a good goal for Barkov early on when it was clear that Sam Bennett had poked Vasilevsky, and that's the reason that it was able to enter the net. Dude. It wasn't half as bad as McAvoy hitting fucking Anderson tonight. Well, if you're going to the... call back that one, then call back that one. Oh, tonight okay. in the Bruins game. Well, I'm not disputing that one, but based on the way that Vasileski was moving, the minute that Bennett's stick had hit his pad, he started moving even quicker. So it's like, well, that's to me my answer that that made enough of a, of a, of a poke to make a, different, a difference to push him off that, that side of the post. 
And that I was thought the- he was whacking. I thought he was whacking at the puck, and I I just disagree with you. Let's 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 agree okay. to disagree. Okay, fair enough. I didn't. Yeah, want you're to an come apologist. You're an apologist for the league, anyways. Well, oh, 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 so so you thought it should have been a good goal? Yes. You don't think if that's you as a defenseman, you'd be barking at the ref all the way to the box, begging him, please, I've dealt with enough fucking, you know, six on five minuses this season. I don't need this one. And you would be so joyful in that it getting overturned. Um, no, I can't say that because I'm just going to be <laughs> completely disagreeing with whoever's, you know, going against me in that case. But yeah, I mean, I. I, I saw the replay, and I did think that maybe my initial tweet of saying it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen was a tad over over the line and aggressive. But okay. still, I thought it was a good goal. All right. All right, what did you think? Uh, I think whacking at it is different than pushing at it. And I, I bet Florida, I wanted it to be a goal. But when I saw the replay, he was he did push the pattern, which allowed the puck to cross in. So I had no issue with it. Uh, the, the ref was kind of right on top of it. I thought, well, maybe he was a second late with it. But either way. I didn't have a problem with it. Like I said, if when you when they're kind of whacking at it when the puck's live, that that always happens. But when you're pushing the equipment in past over the goal line, uh, we've seen that call back enough where I wasn't surprised it happened again in that game. Uh, but a tremendous game. But first, before we get in depth on that one, I do want to let you know Memorial Day is just around the corner, and places are starting to open up again all over the place. Oh yeah, uh, they are in Canada. Uh, oh, so make yeah, sure you're ready are. for the pregame and the after party with the new Pink Whitney 375 milliliter Mickey size bottle. It's good when you're on the road or bouncing around from here today. You don't have to carry a big bottle, a big handle with you. So head to your local liquor store and stock up for the holiday or any day with the lovely Pink Whitney. All right, boys. Yeah, the Chase, game. What are you having? Yeah. A little whiskey? Uh, I know. I'm having a little Pink Whitney cocktail that my, oh, uh, what my you girl made. Now, Whit, I would assume when the fact that you're saying, yeah, when you say, yeah, they are, you mean – you're kind of pumping up the fact that there have been fans in the building and this. Oh, yeah. And today, Boston broke the news that they were like saying August 20th, but May 29th. Oh, the state of Massachusetts and then Boston followed. Done. COVID's done. It's, it's all open. And up. I don't it's... think that'll be the case for like packed house at the Garden. But you saw it tonight in Carolina. Oh, Fuck, that place goodness. looks jammed. And, and all these buildings are buzzing. It's great to see. I would say the the rollout of the playoffs so far from even a league standpoint and and all right, I don't know if you've already touched on it, but the fact that we've gotten to watch all the hockey and the fact that it's been staggered. And I know this has been a, a, a <laughs> chirp to the league in the future. And RA, I, I think that you've chimed in on it. And a lot of people have. And to me, it didn't make sense. I don't know what for what reason that they would all of a sudden have four seven o'clock starts and why they wouldn't want to stagger it. But at this point right now, the way the league's rolled it out with the fact that we got a game on Saturday, then we, you know, a Sunday matinee game, which was Pittsburgh and in, uh, in, in Islanders, which was another awesome game. And then all the way into the night, it was uh, it's it's been fun, man. And every game has been rocking. You mentioned with the fucking hatred is on full fucking tilt. It's like everybody's got steroids stuck up their ass or something, and they're just raging to get out of this goddamn cage. But it is it's been fun to watch. Yeah, we weren't the only ones who bellyached about staggered starts. And again, there was really no excuse for it when there were nobody nobody in the building. And now, yeah, I looked at the schedule and I counted out every single game that's scheduled so far at a time. There are no two games that start at the same time. So again, I'm the, I won't I wouldn't go so far as to call it a chicklet's bump, but I think that they heard enough people bellyaching, and it's like, okay, what what difference does it make? Like even if it's a half hour, that still means you can click to another game and and watch action and not you know stuff get analyzed. So it's not even like listening to to us or anyone else that have been saying it, it's, it's, it's like waking up and your brain turns on and being like, Oh wait, we don't, we don't have to start these games at the exact same time. Like, so that every intermission people can watch another game. 
It was perfect. And yeah, the 12, three o'clock and seven for Sunday um, with those three games, just an unreal day on the couch. And also, well, we'll get to a little later, the PGA championship too, right? What this weekend? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Oh. I'm not as dialed in there right, as I should be. Yeah, just sprinkle the infield and hope for the best. Uh, that with talk. Grinelli mentioned it from the jump. Uh, we're doing a live stream. We're going to be down in New York City. We were going to bounce around originally Vegas, originally Chicago, but Wits on the DL for golf, so we can't do sandbaggers. But we haven't been down to New York forever. We haven't been down there since the Christmas party in 2019. We're overdue, and we have the gambling live streams. We've never done them in person at HQ, all of us together. When you guys in the building, the place is buzzing. It's electric, so... I can't wait. Uh, four nights in a row. We're going to be doing the fourth night from Philly, the gambling house with El Prez himself. Uh, the trips are going to be fine with the Whip Dog and El Prez. So make sure you, you tune into that. We'll be reminding you early and often, though. So, but again, the game everybody was talking about Monday morning, almost 30 years in the making. Panthers, Lightning, just an incredible game to showcase for the playoffs. Lightning win five to four, late goal by Braden Point. Uh, it was just a, like every each team would have so many good stars on it, and they showed what they had last night. But the, the game swung as it typically does in the playoffs on a bad penalty. This penalty was one of the dumbest penalties I've seen in quite a long time. And funny enough, I wrote that and I had a lot of Calgary Flames come into my mentions, which doesn't surprise me, right? The guy moves on and you're going to be obviously dogging him because you're never happy. And he's with doing his, better. So they're mad at doing, the oh, he's I mean, doing six, better. 15 points in 10 games when he came over. He, he's, he's crushing it. But Jesus, did he decide to crush? Who did he crush from behind again? Oh, he, I don't Coleman. know. He's he's still on the board. Who's sorry? Still, still uh, picking Blake, him out. Blake Coleman, right? Coleman, yeah, Blake Coleman, Coleman yeah. who got his nose in there. He had the first goal of the game. You see a guy's numbers, and it's at the last second, and you can argue he's turned his one thing. He fucking saw his numbers from the bench, dude. I was like, what was he thinking? Was it? And then not only does he do that, and he's been this good, and he's changed Florida and added depth. He does that, and they lose the game pretty much. I'm not going to say because of it. But they tied the game up, and Point got the winner as well. And then he's fucking done for game two. It was just one of the most boneheaded plays. And now I bet the Panthers, so obviously I'm extra furious. But I can't imagine any hockey fan in the world looked at that and didn't say, what the fuck was that guy thinking? Yeah, you never go full Tom Wilson there. Tom Wilson. Unless you're you Tom Wilson, then never you get go full. Unless you're Tom Wilson, Tom you Wilson can't got go. a diving penalty tonight. <laughs> oh, now, not oh, to completely, a, not oh, to completely like, jump ship, <laughs> but I, Tom Wilson. I mean, anytime you mention his name, it's like everybody ears perk up. <laughs> that he did take a bit of a run at someone tonight, and he ended up hitting them, and they exploded into. That's exploded what into, makes people do. <laughs> he exploded into the bench. Oh, he is something else, that guy. And then he, it's I will bizarre. say, I think he sent him flying over the bench, dude. Yeah, that he was did. actually and not. And then he got another him. grown adult like that happened to them. Yeah, it was yeah, like, talk, oh my god. Yeah, talking about sky. Like, imagine seeing a grown adult get jerseyed in in Calgary by another grown adult. I just, I I felt, especially with the crowd, and guys, there's been some games this season where we've seen momentum swings, but it's been a long time since we've we've seen a crowd play into it. And it was, it's like a full blown orchestra. Like the, they get the goal disallowed. Then all of a sudden Tampa goes back that way. Then they end up responding quickly. And just this back is back and forth. And every, it seemed like every other whistle, there was a scrum and fans are going absolutely crazy. So a, a little uncalled for the one, the one guy in the front row with the sign. 
So he had a sign for Patty Maroon. Oh, dude. Yeah, Patty I can't Maroon. be fat shaming. Come on. Podcast. You can't. You can't <laughs> exactly. You can't What'd be you fat say, shaming. Right? I said, we don't fat shame on this podcast unless you're wit. <laughs> oh, you're such a pussy, R.A. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other one was getting mad because I busted his mom. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that last pod, we were talking about that when that R.A. went to his show. That was uh, a Maybe a couple ago. pods. No, but, uh, what was the-, the, the sign front row, man, that was just... That's come on. That's below the belt. Oh, that that was a dirty, dirty sign. I, I'm not even going to repeat the sign because we're boys yeah, in the yeah. room. I'm not Can't. even going to repeat it. But Can't it was it. on the Chicklets uh, social media stream. I think R.A. sent over the fourth playoff game in history with four different lead changes. Did I, I was, get that right? Uh, yes, you did. I was stunned by that as well. Fourth. That's and crazy. I, it, it is. Well, I guess it's just that in how indicative it is of that games are so tight in the playoffs that there were four, four lead changes. I, I was shocked when I read that as well. Whit. And, and uh, the one guy uh, getting his nose in the mix, the former university of Maine black bear, Ryan Lumberg, Lumberg oh. fucked her. Lumberg. Who is that kid? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude. He was flying around causing a ruckus. And Biz, I think it was the first five whistles. There was a, f- a full-blown scrum. So it was like you knew right off the hop the crowd was going. Um, I don't know the capacity limit in Florida, but that's that place seemed pretty busy, especially for that rink. And I, I, I just I just to, th- to see the hatred between those two teams, it had and, and I meant to see the hatred between those two teams in the regular season, you're like, how's this going to end? How's this going to roll over? And it it was exactly what you saw in that last meaningless game that they had with all those fights and brawls. Now, I want to get to one thing, and that is the complaining and the issue with the Kucherov coming, coming in. The oh, coming in like Sting yeah. for the top I ropes. don't understand. <laughs> I can understand people... <laughs> Hundred, they got a fucking NFL cap right now at one sixty, well, dude. It was like the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking, and then Kucherov oh, comes yeah. in, and he had that breakaway early, and he fumble fucked the puck. Yeah, he did. And everyone said like, if if Kucherov comes back, and he's like point was last year coming back, like they're gonna roll again, and he missed that breakaway. It's like, oh my god, is he rusty? What a loser. Uh, nope, he's not rusty. Did he have two and one? I don't know if he had he had the assist. Cooch had two and one. Yeah, two he had that one, sick assist goals. on the point. Fucking like yes. tip. Oh. Yes, the sick assist on the point it's goal. A so for me. now the issue for people who aren't aware is that if you put a guy on long term IR, it does not count against the cap. So when Kucherov went down with the shoulder injury, or he battled through it last year, he decided I'm going to have surgery. Tampa looked at it and they said, "All right, listen, we got cap issues. No team in the league is going to throw us a fucking uh, what is it, life preserver? A bone." To- uh, a bone. I like it. R.A. could smoke bone it or he could easy, throw it. Too easy. It doesn't I like matter. Preserver. But, but they're not. They are not going to get helped out by anyone. So they they looked. They looked at their roster. They said, "Listen, let's LTIR him. He probably could have come back. And I'm guessing on the surgery yet, he could have played the last month. He probably could have played the last like 12 games of the season to 15 games, if not more. And now this isn't. I don't know this for sure. I'm guessing. But you're going to know that your roster's deep enough and your team's good enough to get into the playoffs, and then, boom, the cap doesn't exist. So for people who are furious, dude, those are the rules. And mind you, not many teams in the league could just sit their fucking best player for the year and still get into the playoffs. They were afforded the luxury because of how good their team is to take advantage of the rules and the way the rules are set up. Maybe they look to change those. I don't know. But for right now, to people whine and complain, like, dude, how many teams can lose the guy and then still get into the playoffs? It makes no sense. The complaints. What's the, ter- what's the term in the NBA they use when these guys are taking rests all the time? 
Oh, load management. Load, load management. That's oh. what they st- they're starting to throw, to throw <laughs> at Tampa now. You blaming them for load managing. I agree with you. It's it's yeah, it's it, it's just funny to hear people complain about it. They should not be penalized for drafting and locking guys up properly and then also handling a situation like that. It's like, hey, it's like, hey guys, can we elevate our play as a group in order to sustain him not being in the lineup? Allow him the full time to get fully healthy and recover for him to join us come playoff time. Yeah, if he would have been healthy with 10 games left, so what? Like that's not something that should be held against them. And most teams, mention, mo- mention, most teams at that time are. What's that? Sorry, I, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I said like like you said earlier. Not not many teams have that luxury. It's like, well, what? So should they should be blamed for having that luxury? No, they've established, they, they've set themselves up well. And and I tell you what, though, that's such an added boost if he's playing at that high oh. a level where he's able to come in completely heavily. Because uh, not many guys at this point in the season where they've been playing every 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 other night for fifty six games are. Now, we've kind of uh, stroked Kucherov off enough. I wanted to get to Huberto. I didn't, I didn't really get to see a close enough angle on the goal where he ended up sliding at five hole. Was he trying to do the, the knuckleball? Was that I think an attempt? He whiffed on it. It, oh, it looked to me on. like the back checker, who I, I don't remember who it was. It looked like he got just enough of him to throw the shot off that it fooled Vasilevsky. So it, he didn't intend to fool him the way he did. Because if you watch him turn and celebrate, he almost shocks himself that the puck went in the net. Because I think it got away from him and, and it fooled Vasilevsky. Because he was so check. jazzed up on the celly, I, I was almost convinced maybe he did throw the knuckler on purpose. Now, that was beautiful in itself. The celebration was incredible. But that pass he made, oh, the spinorama right on the tape. Even even I couldn't have fucked that one up. That was stunning. What a gorgeous move. And uh, like you said, Wit, the stars were on full display. So the the, the league hit it big time. Yeah, and Braden Point, oh my God, that that winner! It's like he, you see the one guy with the breakaway, you're like, oh shit, this is a goal. He tied it up and he won it. And that team, I mean, I know there was issues throughout the year, but like we said, missing key guys and Stamkos coming back, it was so. I felt like it was so important for Florida to get the first game in that series. Same. Now let's see. I don't think this series is even close to being over. But what a different mindset for a Panthers player or fan if you could have gone up 1-0. I'm not invested into like what's happening media-wise. I don't know if Bobrovsky had the nod going into playoffs, and that was it for sure. Were you guys surprised by that? And what do you think they do game two? Because you mentioned that Kucherov miss on the breakaway. I was like, okay, well, at least you know Bobrovsky got a credit for a save on it. You could tell his confidence was starting to build, but at the end of the day, he did let five goals in. So what do you exactly wh- like? Where where do you, where do you go from here as Quinville as a head coach? And I'm not going to answer it because you know the fucking goaltending situations put me in an absolute pretzel. You know, I I'm sorry. What were you going to jump in on that I cock Well, you're the goaltending. I was just going to say. I was just going to say. Take away the the word goaltending and just it's a situation, so it puts you in a pretzel. But you know what? I, I even had it in my blog today. Like there were nine goals scored in that game, but it, the goalies did not play bad at all. There was no. just so much skill on the ice. There was so much unreal passing and shooting that these guys are getting beat on pure plays for the most part. And yeah, Bob made a couple breakaway saves. He gave up, of course, the game, uh, the game when it's a point, but you know, how many, how many times can the fucking goalie stop a breakaway? I mean, he can only do it, you know, maybe five, six times a game, but eventually a guy's going to break through. I thought if you're a coach of either of these teams, I have no problem with them coming back with Vasilevsky or Bobrovsky. Okay. Russians. Um, you- neither, neither do I, but with, with how good Dreger was this season, if Bobrovsky gave up a soft goal early in game two, I'm fucking hooking him. 
Ooh. Mm. Oh. Uh, oh, the quick one. You're going one, one. If I it's think a if you weak go- goal, he gave up five. Like you said, Ari, yeah, some great shots. He gave up five. You have a very good goalie who had better numbers. Granted, less less games, but eight less games, better numbers. And you gave up five. If he leaks one in early in game one. If I think your wick's that short. I'm not short, a coach, though. It, 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 yeah, if I think your wick's that short, I'd probably start the other guy. But as I said, I, I don't usually answer these questions anymore because I'll be here all night. Well, what would you do? I would, I would probably go back with the other guy. Okay. And the reason, the reason I say that is because Florida obviously, play, obviously plays to a certain style where they're willing to open things up a little bit more. And I think that considering Bobo, Bobo had a lot of success in Columbus where they play a little bit more of a structure. And sometimes you need the type of goalie who can make a lot of those odd man rush shaves or breakaway saves. But to, to your guys credit or to what you guys said, he did have a couple breakaway saves in the game, but ultimately he didn't make enough of them for them to win. And when your team in, in this day and age sets you a four piece, you should usually probably come out with a victory. And it seems like the other guy's been doing it. So, but I, I get it. Why could they have, they feel like they're so invested probably financially and that's why the decision and, and, and they might've had confidence in both guys, but I would go back with the other guy. So and, let's and move sneaky, on before uh, I change my mind. <laughs> and sneaky. Uh, um, what did I say years ago about um, Spurgeon, you know, super underrated. And now he's really is. And he's captain in Minnesota, but this, this Mackenzie Weger, even though Foley fucking pranked the shit out of him. Yeah. He's nasty, nasty player. I think right up there in terms of five-on-five five points this year by a defenseman. So in terms of like when Ekblad went down, it's like, oh, is Florida going to lose it? I, I was kind of one of those guys. I didn't know how good this kid was. That's the biggest shame in all this. If like it ends up going the distance, you're always going to wonder. Imagine like having a piece like Ekblad in that lineup. It would just make this series even more like. Who was having the best season of his life. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's so. basically, you know, like it's like, it's like it would be like losing your headman. But to piggyback on the um, real quick on the salary circumvention, as people like to call it, like you said, those are the rules. Nobody's cheating. They're, they're doing what the rules allow them. But also, too, is like I think people forget the players are sacrificing here, too. So, you know, these guys, that's a whole year they can't put up stats. That's exactly. a whole year they can't build a Hall of Fame resume. That's a whole year they can't build to another contract. So it's not like oh, a team's like, hey, do this and it helps us. I mean, yeah, it does. But it's also a play of like, you know, losing stuff as well, too. So I think that right. gets forgotten. It's also a GM calling the owner like, hey, Kutrov ain't playing all year and you you're paying him whatever fucking eight million, whatever he makes. It's like that's it's like, the, I, I that's the part people don't think about that they're I, planning I it. It's like the player doesn't want to do it, and the owner doesn't want to pay the guy yeah. not to play. So yeah. it's making the most of that. a bad situation, is yeah. what it is. He's like, I won't upgrade the yacht then. I won't <laughs> fill up the yacht tank hey. this week. Hey, excellent Smithers. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that Florida series, which again it resumes Tuesday eight uh, tonight eight o'clock. Check it out by all means. Uh, and then Boston Washington, wow, they had an absolute great game to open the playoff Saturday night. The Caps won three two in OT, uh, an absolute grudge match of a game. Vanishek gets hurt on the DeBrus goal. Craig Anderson comes in, has played four games in the last fourteen months. Going to be forty in a few days. Doesn't give up. I think he gives up one goal to start. Fucking shuts them down the rest rest of the way. Bruins lose, but then game two, we actually started a little late tonight because it went to overtime. B's tied it late. They won 4-3 on uh, Brad Marchand goal. Biz, uh, get us up to speed here. What do you got for us? Okay, so before we go on to to Bruins caps, I think that people are going to be like, wait, who who are your guys' picks? Um, I picked picked Florida in seven. All right, who did you have? Uh, Let's see. I have Florida in seven as well, Paul. 
And I picked uh, Tampa. I think it's seven. I don't six. know. I have you got them in six. But I picked Tampa in six. It's it sucked to do it because I want I want the cats, but I did pick Tampa. I had Tampa in six as well. Okay, uh, so there you have it, folks. Yep, good call. No, well, seems we already brought up the Bruins. Uh, I got them in five, so it's still alive. Uh, Biz, you got them in seven. Grinelli got them in six. Uh, Witt got him in six. And, well, we forgot our buddy Merles. Merles has Boston in six, and he also has uh, Florida in six as well. Ooh, pretty big prediction. I mean, go- going has the caps, huh? Yeah, go- I mean, going back to game one. So my biggest question mark coming in was goaltending because I thought the teams were fairly even balanced. Both built pretty solid. They each have their superstars who can contribute, but Washington didn't have somebody, you know, who was proven in net. And then all of a sudden – Keep in mind, I picked Boston one and seven before the series had began, and then their goaltender goes down. But RA, one of the biggest issues I had with Game One was I thought Boston was being a little too cute offensively, giving up a lot of opportunities to shoot, especially after Anderson gets put in there. I think you you said something or tweeted something out uh, four games played in the last fourteen months. Yeah, he, he finished the season. Uh, Ottawa obviously didn't get to the playoffs last year. Then he was off completely. He got sent to the taxi squad in January. He played four games uh, this season for the Caps. Uh, two of them he started. So basically, the guy's as rusty as anything. And, I mean, he was coming as cold as you can come in. And he looked, it, to be honest with you, as good as he was uh, Monday night. Yeah, and, and, I, and I thought that he looked shaky. And the thing that was as, as frustrating from a Bruins fan standpoint must have been it was hard for them to generate, especially five-on-five, five, given how much Washington smothered in that first game. I thought they did a really good job of defending. Every time they had an opportunity, they were finishing. Even Ovechkin, who there was a little bit of friendly fire. I don't know if you guys saw that, but oh. between Backstrom. Probably just, oh you know, cruising God. along, staying in his lane. All of a sudden, you got the Rushki coming through, dipping the – hey, that's crossing the sauces right there. Right in he fucking back too, early in the game. Yeah, Krejci too. Nice hit. And I thought, I thought, given especially when Anderson got put in, credit to Washington, they did a good job of minimizing the uh, the amount of high quality scoring chances that Boston was able to pull up. I I thought Krejci was going to be like done for the playoffs. Right when I saw that hit, that was vintage Ovechkin. He's been doing this for fifteen years, scoring goals and killing people. And to get a guy that's played that long as Krejci has, you know, head down, flying through the middle, completely legal, great check. You're like, okay, I think Ovi's healthy because everyone wondered coming in, was he going to be okay? I just, I was shocked and and not shocked, but I was kind of surprised and didn't realize how much bigger Washington is than Boston, right? They They have so much size on them. And, And so... I'm going on game one thoughts right now because everything changed in a way. But in game one, it's like I see some of these Bruins D-men and you're like, oh, my God, all these forwards. Even that line of they got the raffle, Hathaway, Dowd playing physical hockey. Hathaway had two in game two. But it's like I'm I'm thinking the Bruins could have kind of an issue here in the offensive and defensive zone because I said, you know, who would look great in the Bruins defense right now is 33 on Washington. <laughs> Um, I didn't notice him much in the third period of game two. I don't know if that if, if I'm just like don't remember him being out there, but the game one went the way that I, I kind of thought it would because they are so evenly matched and Washington's really has played them 
played them as well as any other team in the East has in the last 10 years. I know it's different teams and different rosters, but still, it's, it's not an easy game against the Capitals whenever the Bruins... Well, you said that them. coming in, too. You said that the, the Bruins actually typically match better against the Penguins than they do the Capitals. They kill the Penguins. And, and there was also a stat, I think, that happened going into overtime or even at the end of overtime that the last... Was it the last 11 games between these two teams have been decided by one goal? Yeah, and half of them, I think, were in overtime. Yeah, crazy stat. These so two. these te- two teams couldn't be more evenly matched. And, I mean, we saw that even in game two. Now, to finish on, on game one, if you, I don't know what else you guys have left, but Nick Dowd. I play with Nick Dowd in, in the minors. I want to call their cup with them. Not a big deal. In, um, in Manchester. And I saw him develop into the player that he is now in a sense of, like, you know, you, you come up and you always want to be the guy playing, like, first-line center, but – I think the writing was on the wall, especially in the LA Kings organization, that if he was ever going to make it, it was probably going to be as, as a depth center. And throughout his time in the minors, he, he kind of developed this mean streak and, and learned how to kill penalties and became better on face-offs. And you just saw a guy who was very committed. He also gained weight. And, and some guys, and where you can attest to this, it's not – sometimes for some guys, it's not necessarily easy to try to even fake or develop that mean streak but you realize that you have to play like that in order to gain that physical edge, especially in times like playoff time. And he did a wonderful job for us down the stretch in that Calder cup year. And you see a guy who's transformed his game into the NHL level. And that's why a respectable team like the Capitals probably saw that and said, this guy could add to our depth because he's been able to prove it at that level and scores the OT winner. And and he's, he's had a huge year for them. And uh, especially at one point where I believe Backstrom was out of the lineup for a, for a fairly big portion of the start of the season, was he not? Yeah, he missed he missed some significant time this season. So it, it, it's cool to see, and, and just touching on Washington, their depth. Like you saw Hathaway with two, Doubter with, with the OT winner. That's really playing a factor right now, and, and that's where they have strength right now. And I wouldn't say necessarily over the Bruins because I think they're very evenly matched. I uh, For Bruins fans, just – I hate saying must win, but you're like, oh, my God. Actually, yep. no, I'm not even going to say must win. I'm going to call myself a fucking joke for even saying that because they hadn't <laughs> lost the game at home yet. But still, they really needed and wanted that game too. And so the biggest thing you're looking at is like, all right, well, the first line got going a little bit, but we got DeBrusque looking like a different player. Yep. And for every guy who's ever had a bad regular season, and I remember this perfectly – you cannot wait for the playoffs. If you're lucky enough to be on a team where you didn't have a good year and you're still going to the playoffs, you cannot wait for it to begin because it's a completely new ordeal. Everything starts over. And not only does everything start over, if you do well in this new little tournament-style run for the Cup, nobody gives a shit about what happened in the regular, what regular season. season. It doesn't even matter. It's like actually just show up in the playoffs, Claude Lemieux style for your whole life, you'll be a legend. So DeBrusque has looked so good. He's looked quick. He had the ch- he could have had four tonight. So it's not even like he's getting goals and, you, you know, you're wondering are they going to be around. Like, he's getting chances. He had a sick move to the middle. I had the Bruins in regulation and money line, but the regula- it would have been a hammer drop if they got it done in regulation. Right after they tied Halsey tied it up, they had a two-on-one, and I think Coyle fed it over to DeBrusque. Anderson made a great save. Yeah. So um, DeBrusque looking good. That's really nice to see. I think 
Charlie McAvoy is stepping it up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he is. And Grizzlick too, and BU boys. So I'm obviously a biased guy when it comes to that school. And Grizzlick's pass in overtime was such a sick play because it was a full cross ice pass. I mean, that's you got to put zip on it. And I actually didn't realize till I saw the replay it was rolling a little bit. Marshawn, the legend, he still buries it. Great shot. Doesn't I know how it, that puck's gonna. Come I would have put it in the fucking upper deck and. and oh, I would. I would. I would have heel fucked that thing. It would have gone mm. right up in the air, possibly picked off, gone the other way. So I don't I know how hit, we got. I would have hit Ray in the forehead in the fucking press box deal with more pop. <laughs> Can't miss it. Uh, Biz, to go back to your too cute point. Yeah, I thought the bees, and even in game two, which they did win, I thought they were too cute, way too much, passing up shots, coming down on, on a, an a, a odd man rush, giving it up. The Washington snuffed out three of those chances, especially great sheet of pasta. Everybody's looking for that. That's the time a guy should be shooting. Uh, and tonight, I, I kind of lost the faith a little, man. I'm not going to lie. It was like they just looked so bad in that second period. Craig Anderson, full credit. I, I thought the first game he was very shaky, and I thought he could have been had. The Bruins didn't get him. Tonight, he was excellent, man. He was like, and he's a typical story I would root for. This veteran. He was shaky early, but he settled in. I think he let two goals he, in on the first five. He made some but major then, saves, man. Yes, he, he did. He made some major saves. And he's the, that's a typical story I would say, oh, man, this is great. I love a, a old goalie having this chance like this. But obviously not against my fucking team. Uh, but also, I thought there was too much of a ref show in game two. I, I, and, you know, game one wasn't bad. It wasn't like <laughs> things had fault. to be reined in. I thought I think, Boston got the advantage in game one, but we can move on. I, I no no no. I'm not saying that. The, I'm not complaining as a Bruins fan. Let's let me clarify. I'm, I'm not saying anyone got better or worse of it. I'm saying the refs called way too fucking men, many penalties, and I think it was a reaction to the Tampa Florida game the night before, where there was so much after the whistle scrumming and a lot of that shit. I, I got a feeling the the league might have said, "All right, make sure we don't have to deal with this time tonight." Because what? The, why else did they do it? That's what people want. People love that fucking shit Sunday night. And then I thought they cut a lot of that off at the at that fucking neck too early uh, on game two fucking Monday. Who who, uh, who did? Who did Marshawn punch in the dick tonight? Ma- oh, Mantha. God. And then oh, Mantha nice. got a and then he high sticked him and they still gave Mantha they, a penalty. Dude, oh that my was goodness. Did you, did, did you see P, uh PFT had a tweet? I, I, yeah. I don't you want to yeah. read it, R.A.? I don't have it in front. We said basically like, oh, was it was it the Wilson penalty? Because there were so many bad, bad calls. No, tonight. it was it was it was Marshawn getting oh, Mantha right. 14 times and Mantha getting a penalty, and then PFT commenter like quote retweeted it and said um, they should have actually given JFK a, a, a yeah. While we're at it, why don't we give yeah, yeah? While we're at it, why don't we give uh, uh, JFK? You can't a, say the joke. Neither one of us. Yeah. Well, let's just forget it and move on then. Uh, just go read the goddamn tweet. All right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like it was uh, like Anderson, giving JFK way, quick, a, all right, a, a right, seatbelt violation. What? what yes, a G- yes. Quick. Um, we're Anderson still trying was, to get it out. He was drafted in '99. Who was Craig Anderson? Oh, was he really? old as shit. That's oh, two years goodness. from Thornton's draft. He then went back into the draft and got picked in 01. But he's an old bastard. He's turning 40 next week. So I I thought he would have nothing in game two. And you're right, R.A. He was sick. R.A., as an old school Bruin fan, do you talk with your buddies in group chats about when McAvoy was on the blue line and he lines up to take a clapper and his stick breaks? Do you, are you like, oh, he's fucking new sticks? No, man. My friends are like Gen X guys. but None of us are like on text threads. At least maybe I'm a, unless they don't, don't have me on theirs. But no, I really don't have any of that shit going on during games where like guys text. Does I'm it frustrate a, you when uncle. you see that with the new twigs when they just oh, break yeah, like that? Like, Sherwood's sure never oh, broke. I, t- I texted you last night. Fucking dainty stick shit. You know what I mean? It's like that's the worst way. Not the worst. A, a bad ref call is the worst. But like when a guy stick breaks because 
these new fucking fangled sticks and, and you end up losing a game on it. Yeah, it's tough Bork to swallow. never broke one stick. I watched every game. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and uh, the bees aren't the hook, too, at me with game two busy. Either. Like, too many bad penalties, way too many shots passed up. They were lucky fucking Monday night. They dodged the ball last night. I'm fucking so glad they won because I had a lot of money on them. I told everybody to bet them. I know they usually bounce back, and they did. Uh, hopefully the home advantage will, will clean it up a little fun because it's been rough sledding so far in two games. They're lucky to come in 1-1. I wasn't confident in them either. Third period, 3-2. They end up taking two minors in that period. I think Halsey took one of them. Um, he ends back up coming to up. Back to back, too. Yeah, he ends up coming up big, though. He beats the guy wide on the left side, comes up. Set, I, I don't know who he set up in front, but he goes around the net positions himself in front of the net. You guys were people complaining about the fact that McAvoy slid into the goaltender and wanted to wanted them to review it. No, I actually didn't see much discussion about it, but right away when I saw the overhead, just personally, I thought, Oh my God, like they're going to review it. And then uh, I think it was Boucher did a great job of saying, I apologize. I don't know who it was, but they said it's a risky call to challenge that. Cause you're giving up the PP with two thirty to go. And once that came through, it's like, I don't think there was enough there, but there was definitely a little contact. Yeah, you can't be fucking with Buffalo. But Wild if he got wings. pushed in, it's like it's just too risky to to go down a man that late. What do you got for me, G? I saw your head move when I said Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out for the. No, extent. I just thought that was a good sheriff. Also, there will be a Buffalo Wild Wings right next to where we're hosting a street hockey tournament in August. Just thought I'd Ooh, throw that out there. I love a good Buffalo Wild Wings. I think they carry Pink Whitney too, so I can fucking mention Buffalo Wild Wings. Watching football at Buffalo Wild do. Wings, they have a hundred TVs, top notch. Gonna have to dust off the Milex that weekend. All um, right, gang. Yeah, what's up, this? I feel like Poss isn't playing good and generating chances. He's just a bit snake bitten right now. He's had a couple like empty nets. No. Yeah, he had that. He did have he had that one shot. I think it was in the second period, a wide open net. He, he muffed it. He went totally uh, wide left on it. And yeah, that line just seems off a little bit. Uh, and I know they had a goal tonight. Bergeron got one, but they seem sure. to click off. I think you know you got to tip your your, your cap to Washington. They're obviously doing something to disrupt the rhythm of that line. In wrapping up this series, I'll actually say, R.A., you said it's been lackadaisical first two games for the Bees. I would be so confident if I was a Bruins fan right now. Yeah. To get out of there with a split when you had nothing close to your A game is is a good look because at home, the Bruins seem to roll. I agree. And Hall, yep. and uh, going back to Halsey, he's looked good. He's, he's drawn a few pe- penalties early in this series, and uh, you know he's, he, he's getting it done. What an addition. Even Lazar, a couple good plays on the penalty kill, like you know, a weak side hit forward. Over the boards. Yeah, it gets yeah. Got thrown in the front laser row cat. by Tom Wilson. I'm drinking a laser cat right now. We just laser released a cat. Taylor Hall t-shirt that we made the lips so incredibly big. It's it's outrageous. It is looks it like on, Kylie Jenner on, lips. Yeah. Is it on Twitter? Mick Jack. Yeah, it's on Twitter. We just posted it. Yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to the next game, obviously. Well, it's starting to get toasty here in the Northeast, which means I need to stay hydrated with our favorite sports drink here in Spit and Chickets, Body Armor. If you haven't checked it out yet, by all means, do so. Today's athletes deserve more than your grandfather's tired, old, salty sports drink, which is full of artificial dyes. And the Body Armor, made with potassium-packed electrolytes, antioxidants, and B vitamins, plus no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Body Armor Sports Drink provides hard work and hydration and more, plus it tastes great. I'm all about the blue raspberry this week, like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Shout out to that classic child's film. Body Armor helps today's athletes stay on top of their game. Body Armor is available 
for purchase in store wherever fine drinks are sold, like Body Armor and Amazon. So check it out. Once again, Body Armor helps today's athletes stay on top of the game. Check it out. Blue Raspberry. I'm all about that stuff lately. Biz will be chugging this down to York later this week, no doubt. Recovering from our dinners from the night before. I put I love it. quotes. I was laughing because I saw that picture of Halsey on that T-shirt, and that's absolutely yeah, that ridiculous. great. He got the Let's lip see. injections before playoffs. Looking nice. Uh, the DSLs are popping. He should start his own lip gloss line like uh, Kylie Jenner. Halsey, fucking uh, Dreisaitl doesn't want to do the cologne. Let's do the, the, the DSL uh, lip gloss. Promo code BIZ20. Also, yeah. it's percentage, too. Um, all right. Moving. <laughs> 20. <laughs> Fuck 20. that. Yeah. He, yeah. No, it's a discount this week because if you use BIZ20, it's a built-in <laughs> discount. That's the It's a meta joke. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> 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 the Islanders and the Penguins, they had a, another doozy of a game. Uh, what was that? Sunday, right? Yeah, Islanders won 4-3 to three in OT. Uh, first off, let's get to our predictions. We'll do these beforehand because we did make them the other day on the internet to uh, put them in time capsules, basically. And let's see, Pittsburgh Islanders. Okay, our buddy Merles, who is going to be joining us for the live stream, one of the all-time characters in Chicklet's history. Handsome is a bastard as well. He's got Pittsburgh in five. Uh, myself, uh, I'm the only person to pick the Islanders. I like them in seven. The Wit Dog likes the island. I'm sorry, the uh, Penguins in seven. Granelli, Penguins in seven. And Biz likes the Penguins in six. So those are the predictions we made before this started. And Kyle Palmieri got a second of the game, a, a gorgeous roof job. Uh, the, uh, also, too, what's his name? Valamov did not start for the Islanders. I think that was a surprise to some people. Sorokin came in. He got the job done. There was no Geno Malcolm for Pittsburgh. Wit Dog, what did you see in this game? Let us know. I saw... Uh... Well, first I read that Trotz was talking about the, the no Varlamov in game one, and he said just coming back, it's they looked at it like they need to win the cup and to have success. They're going to be a two-goalie team throughout the playoffs, which is surprising to see, but that's how they roll. And if they give Sorokin the start, they know that that extra time is going to make sure Varlamov's 100%. Now, whether that's just kind of bullshit for the media um, or not, I was a little bit surprised. And I think if you're if you're going to talk about goaltending, though, the first thing cool. that comes to mind is Tristan Jari, dude, and his glove. It's like Pajot's goal. Sh- Pajot's goal was a really good shot, but I still think no screen from that far away should be stopped. And then Nelson's too. And and so I don't know. What do you think, Biz? I, I see you making those faces. I the Nelson one, it's tough because it's such a good a good job by the forward there because he's got the separation, so he uses the defenseman as a screen. And the way he was able to pull it in close to the defenseman's skate where the puck was in line with it and go he kind of went back the other way nice. way low. Sometimes you gotta tip your cap. The OT goal at that point had given up what he'd given up in that game. Shut the fucking door, buddy. Don't let in the one that you let up top cheese from a from a dog shit or angle, which was basically, I would say what? He was about five feet off of the, the goal line and he was in line with a dot. You gotta make the save. And especially like I, I was a little bit more lenient towards the Nelson one, where yeah, the other ones I didn't think were that strong either. And I saw RA, you were barking about it quite a bit too. You 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 wanted a save. I would imagine you bet the pens. No, actually, I picked the Islanders to win in seven. Uh, I think they're going to give the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins a better series than people think. I know, you know, Pittsburgh finished the year pretty tight. You know, Islanders didn't finish all that strong, but I don't know. I think once Barry Trotz playoffs roll around, he rolls four lines. I'm, I think they're going to be the team that's going to knock Pittsburgh out. Like I said, I got him in seven. Uh, also, Yari, uh, Jerry, I'm sorry, what you mentioned him. He was bad, man. I mean, 
all four of those goals he probably should have saved. And you do got to wonder if he's going to come back with the Smith-Sullivan. That is next game. It was an ugly thing. Uh, real quick, coming in, Grinnell just sent me that fucking picture of Halsey's lips. He looks like an Instagram model that paid $20,000 for a botched lip job. He's going to sue us if we drop this. That's It looks like a Hustler magazine, I think. Limited I, edition. Get him I on think their they look. I think they look voluptuous, and I think he'll very much enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, it looks get like those things Halsey you put on sends wax us a, a cease and desist. Hey, get us before Halsey sends us a cease and desist. Oh, I, man. Well, where so you, thought, you thought they were all soft then. And I, I'll say what, based on the play, I thought Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh outplayed him. I just thought it came down to goaltending. I don't think there's a chance Jari doesn't start game two, though. You think he's going back? And, and uh, a little credit to uh, Sidney Crosby, his 69th playoff goal, the one-handed, uh, what do you call that, I mean, the Zorro? You call it nice. What's that? He just, like, put it one hand, poked his stick out, his beautiful ninja tip. style. That was yeah. incredible. The Penguins incredible are, goal. like, I think 1-12 in, in their last. Actually, what? they've lost 10 of their last 11 playoff games. With I mean, right whoa. Here. Yeah. So, so since they went back to back, I think the next year going for the three peat, they lost in the second round to Washington, who went and won it. And since then, they're they're one and ten. And no Malkin hurts. You know, he came back. Was he just did he did he come back too early, or is it just worse than they thought? Because all of a sudden, before game one, that news comes out. I don't know if he'll be in for game two, but that's a tough loss for them. And no matter how good Pittsburgh's been. This series, I picked Pittsburgh in seven because I'd never picked the Islanders. But this series, it'd be. I think that the Penguins are not at all big favorites, like people were mentioning, because the Islanders are. They're no matter who they play, it's going to be close games. They're great defensively. They get two goalies. You see that, and then they do have timely scoring. They just have grinders. So. Um, Komarov, what do you have, 14 hits in the first game? 14 hits credited on the road, too, and you, you tend to get a little maybe, maybe fewer on the road. Yeah. So, so, yeah, 50 that's... hits in game one. Let's inflate it. <laughs> if the Penguins lose again, if the Penguins lose again to them, that's a team that it's like you are not winning four out of five against the Islanders. And you got to go back to, to uh, wherever the fuck they play now. <laughs> Union deal. No, there's still a bounce. I think Union deal. I know. Oh, I yeah. don't know where they're – where will their games no, be? No, they're in Bridgeport. No, they're playing out of Bridgeport. Oh, Borelli's has the outdoor rink going. <laughs> they're playing on the roof. Where all um, those fucking they're playing on the, gr- they're playing the, on the greasy the floor at Borelli's kitchen. <laughs> Game two was uh, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on one of the NBC outlets. Uh, so check that out as well. Any other final notes on that series, um, boys, before we move on? I think it's probably wise we mention it now. Uh, I think um, Borelli did do a live stream for the honors oh, yeah. game he, out of Borelli's. Yeah. And – He's with the four-play group. They're doing something pretty cool right now. Oh, I don't know if we wanted to call. mention it. That's a great call. To let them play. Yes. Riggs yes. has stepped up and done something so cool, guys. You could probably talk more about it because it's involving golf, so I'll hand it over. Yeah, and it's involving one of the biggest clown show organization associations in the history of human civilization, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, better, better known as the NCAA. That's why these I never kids, went to college. These fucking Dick clowns. Kids. These people, they they make one mistake, and their next mistake is two times bigger. Then their next one doubles up the second one. So this most recent example of their foolishness was they had a, a, a regional, an NCAA regional women's golf tournament. So one of the regional spots, there was a ton of rain. I don't know where it was off the top of my head. But in the end, 
the course was fine. The course could have been played. And a lot of times when this happens, it happens in other college events or minor pro events. I don't know if the PGA Tour has ever done it, but they'll make a hole that really has a ton of water damage, maybe a par five into a par three. They'll change the par. They'll work around a way to have a championship. So all these girls, many of whom are seniors, if not, you know, just living a lifelong dream of playing in the tournament doesn't matter if it's your last tournament of all time, but there's a bunch of different instances of these girls and these teams ready to go. And all of a sudden this guy from the NCAA comes out and lets them, the, he says, guys, um, I'm sorry to have to do this. The course is playable. He decides to mention that he goes, the course is playable, but it's not championship playable. And girls immediately like are like, what? Like, no, we don't care. What, what do you mean? You're telling us what's playable? Like, this is, we're fine. We all agree to play to it. And they canceled it. So Riggs and, and the, all the foreplay guys shout out them, boom, used Barstool and their own platform to come together. And they're now hosting that exact regional. All the teams now, actually, I will think I, I think the top six seeds going in got the advance, got the automatic bid to the NCAA finals. So for all those other teams, they're getting to have an event. And it's one of the coolest things going because it's like th- these these girls at the NCAA basketball level got shafted with the gym and then they screw over the girls in the golf as well. And now Barstool and Foreplay and Riggs are, are the at the forefront of giving them a chance to play one of the cooler things I've seen. And at least the NCAA gave them the okay that they could do it. I thought they'd end up saying no. Yeah. Which would have been terrible. So they're also selling merchandise uh, throughout their social platforms in order to raise money to fund these girls trips. So their flights and hotel rooms, I'm not sure if they're going to help try to pay for family members to come out, but whatever the case may be still an unbelievable gesture. And I believe that it's taking place in Phoenix next weekend with, or this weekend coming up, excuse me? Uh, yeah, it's this weekend because I think they mentioned they weren't going to be at the PGA Championship because yeah. this was going on. Yeah, yeah Riggs so, was staying behind to help run it in Arizona. Yeah, so just check out all those social media platforms. If you're in the Phoenix area, try to go support the ladies if you can. Very cool thing and a uh, way to be quick on the feet and a uh, little tire pump for Riggsy and the, and the foreplay boys. Absolutely. And of course, you mentioned the Borelli's clip from the, from the jump. Uh, a woman now- talking didn't want to be associated with Barstool. Yeah, well, that particular group of women talking, not women talking in general, that particular Yes, yes, true. Yeah, we should clarify. But uh, this, you were saying the Borellis, that was an awesome video they made. I went back and watched it after the goal. You know, there's nothing more pure than Frankie Borelli and his dad watching the Islanders. It's just like such a father and son bonding thing. There's such a history there. And then when they scored, Frankie went absolutely bananas. It's it's uh, unreal. Hopefully that clip's bouncing around. I don't know if we tweeted it yet, uh, G, if there's... I saw it, and and he goes so so crazy and it's it's all so real yeah like if you pure. know this kid oh yeah the the the, the, the crack the thing that cracked me up though is in the video there's two guys that look like they're in like church or waiting at an old train station like they're they don't even know the game's going on and they have a psychopath screaming in front of them you got to look at these dudes biz yeah old paisans catching the early bread and fucking frankie's having a connection they're playing the Ke- uh, long island's version of Keno. they don't even know it's an Islanders yeah. stalker. That's how they made the new an Amsterdam swim commercial. fan right They're next super to super fans. Uh, all right, boys, moving along to the other series that had started over the weekend, Minnesota versus Vegas. Uh, this one's going to be a slobber knocker, I think. Completely scoreless after three periods. Uh, 
Talbot and Mark Andre Fleury just absolutely, it was like a tennis match, back and forth, back and forth. Mark Andre was otherworldly, 29 saves. The only way you were going to beat him basically was by a deflection or, or a rebound, and that's how they did it. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck with the game winning goal after it went off. I believe it was Martinez's escape. Uh, a couple other notes on the game. Pat Giretti was a DNP. He was still uh, a little dinged up in the regular season. Zach Parise was scratched, a uh, healthy scratch, we should note. You know, I mean, he's been around for a little bit of while, a little while. I don't think it's too much of a surprise given it happened during the regular season, but it happened. So we want to pass that along. And Mark Andre Flurry spit it out, RA, the first goalie to play in 15 consecutive Stanley Cup playoffs. I was kind of surprised by that given how many guys played for so long back in the day, but hats off to Mark Andre. And obviously with the fact that he's played in 15 consecutive playoffs, he was a story going in, played incredible, um, you know, didn't allow a goal in regulation. And even after the game, Mark Stone was quoted as saying, like, you know, it's disappointing, especially in front of the home crowd. We couldn't get one for the guy. And the, he made some miraculous saves. There was one beautiful glove save he made early on. Uh, but despite, you know, all the accolades and, and you know, setting the 15-year record with Talbot, who probably was the big question mark coming in, whether he could sustain what he'd done the regular season and playoffs. He, he outperformed them. I mean, they were Vegas at one point was peppering them, but he, he wouldn't, the levy wouldn't break. When the first period ended zero, zero, that was enormous for, for the wild, because you knew that team was going to come out humming Vegas at home. They have a lot of fans in the building. I bet, I bet you that in the second round, that place will be a hundred percent full. Because I saw the casinos, um, are, it's a no mass now. So you figure that whole city and that home ice advantage gets even crazier as we go on. So the first period ends zero zero, and in the wild, they're like, "All right, we got out of that alive." They kept continuing to, you know, bend but not break. And then Talbot was just standing on his head at times, and he has done it all year. It's very surprising, and I think like the issue for Vegas is if you look in their past, they they haven't scored goals in the playoffs, dude. They struggle to score goals. And so they have all this depth, and, and I think Pacioretty's kind of really needed for them to, to, to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think without him they, can, they have enough offense. Um, so Fleury was great. Now, Biz, you mentioned to me that Robin Leonard and Fleury were switching every other game leading up to the playoffs. I think that when Leonard came back from his time away, there was a period of at least, I would say, 16 games in a row where they'd flip-flop. So – do I think with the performance Flower put on that they don't give him the net in game two? No, but it's but it's also this thing. It's like you said, well, they don't have a problem scoring in the regular season, but they do have a problem executing sometimes in playoffs. Now they find themselves in a goalie situation. Who the fuck knows what Walsh is going to be tweeting out tomorrow if, if whatever they decide. So it's just like the, you know, the, the, the revolving door keeps happening here. Talbot had 42 saves for his fifth playoff shout-out. And I think people might forget that his uh, career stats in the players are pretty damn good. 921 uh, or 927, I can't remember right now. 921 uh, save percentage, 235 goals against. I know it's only 24 starts, but that's impressive nonetheless. I mean, it is what it is. Those are the numbers. Uh, Revo credited with 10 hits and 11 minutes of ice time. Uh, game two is Tuesday night at 10 p.m., so... Be sure to check in. Biz, Wit, any other final notes you want to Well, add? we got to talk about the guy who assisted on the winner, Marcus Felino, who's going to be our oh, guest this episode. Snap. Who a little little chicklets bump. You're welcome. I and think I, I brought up, um, and, I think, and, you know, we're going to throw it to him in a minute here, but I mentioned the Felino Greenway Erickson Eck line. 
three monsters that have had a great year, and they, they were on the ice for the winner. So, um, all right, are we going to him now, or do we have a little uh, ad to read? Quick, uh, we'll go to him very shortly. Quick word from our sponsors, and uh, we'll okay. get right to him. Times are tough, and worrying about your student loan payments doesn't make things any easier, and that's where refinancing with Ernest could help. Ernest offers low student loan refinancing, and you can check your rate risk-free in just two minutes. With Ernest, you get radically flexible payments, and you can pick your loan term. And by refinancing, you can reduce your loan term, save money, or the best part, combine multiple loans into one simply simple monthly payment instead of having to write out 17 checks or money orders or whatever you do on email nowadays, boom, all one payment. If you have questions, you can talk to a real live human at Ernest for help. Isn't it time you stop feeling overwhelmed by your student debt? Right now, Ernest is offering our listeners a $100 cash bonus. Refinance your student debt at earnest.com slash chicklets. Terms and conditions do apply. Not every state does it, but hopefully yours does. So visit earnest.com slash chicklets for more details. Again, terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing made by Earnest Operations, LLC, and MLS number 1204917, California Finance and Law License number 6054788. 303 Second Ave, Suite 401N in San Francisco, California, 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses to take care of those student loans. And by the way, it was 927, the save percentage for Talbot. And without further ado, we're going to go to his teammate, Marcus Foligno, right now. Enjoy. Well, it's time to welcome our next guest to the show. He's presently in his fourth season with the Minnesota Wild, spending his first six seasons with the Buffalo Sabres. A fourth-round pick in the 0-9 draft. This left wing's next game in the NHL will be his 600th. He's also a second-generation NHL whose brother plays in the league as well. Thanks so much for joining us on the Spit and Chickens podcast. Marcus Foligno, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Our pleasure. You guys are rolling lately. You must be dying for the playoffs to start, huh? Yeah, we are. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a strange year, but it's been a, it's been a fun year. I think, obviously, with winning makes everything fun. But uh, it's just a different group this year. It feels like, and um, yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a it's been a whirlwind. But we're excited for the playoffs to start and get that going. It's going to be tough, but uh, we're excited, and um, we know we'll have to finish. You know, face one of those those big headed monsters, Vegas or Colorado. So we're looking forward to it. So what is Dean Everson like as a, as a, as a coach? Because not many people know a lot about him and, and I'm, I'm certain that he's been a, a key role in kind of changing things around there. No. Yeah. He's been huge. Um, I don't know. I think it's like since day one. Um, I mean, when he took over, I don't know if you guys ever saw like the bench whenever we score, but this guy like fist pumps and pushes guys. And it's like, you almost <laughs> got to tell him like settle down back there a little bit, but I don't Sensi, know, it's infectious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, he, I think he threw our, our assistant coach game one when we came back against LA this year. So it was just one of those things that um, he gets it. I mean, he played, I think he played for Hartford back in the day. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is his communication skills are like on point. I mean, he just comes in the room. He can kind of read a room. And I think that's what makes a coach now. I think, you know, to be successful in this league, I, I think you just, you got to make sure you get the guys, you know, going your way and understanding them and, you know, making sure what guys tick and how to get them going. And he does. And I mean, yeah, he's been kind of a fresher breath there back there with just the, the positivity too, and keeping guys accountable, which has been huge for us um, this year. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot of uh, our success is due to him. 
I just want to ask, what were expectations going into the year? I know you guys had some fresh guys coming up. Obviously, you guys announced a new captain. Billy G's changing a, a few of the faces around. Like, were you guys expecting to make a, as big of an impact as this inside this inside the locker room? Uh, honestly, like I, th- I think when like you know with the, the mergers of Kevin Fiala last year, like his his year he had last year, then. I mean, just getting Kirill Kaprizov, like, I don't know. We had, there was a buzz around him, but there was, this was kind of the first year where I kind of went in thinking, you know what, let's just see how this goes and not throw too many expectations on it. I, I didn't, I did it in Buffalo and we know how that goes. And, and uh, it's just <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that was probably the biggest thing this year is we just kind of came into it. And I think we got a lot of key players. Like you saw like Benino and, and Cole come in. Um, guys who are that depth that, that can win. And then we have some unbelievable goaltending this year too. So um, going into it wasn't, I mean, everyone was new. We had so many new faces. So it was just like, let's just get a feel here. And obviously with COVID, you can't, you know, have team gatherings right away and get to know each other. So it was kind of tough right from the get-go. But um, I don't know, man, something clicked. And I think the the infectious from, you know, Kirill Kaprizov, just this kid's a stud and, and, and brought us all in and, um yeah, it's been it's been rolling ever since. I, I would imagine a few days in a camp, you guys probably started, you know, talking the locker rooms like, "Hey, this kid's like fucking <laughs> yeah. pretty That's scary, nasty. good." Couple days did it take? Yeah, I think we we were doing like this is my first day, and it was before camp started. So you know, like you only had like six guys in the ice because of COVID protocols. It was it was a joke, but we had like me, Krill, I think uh, some of the guys that were in town. It was like Spurgeon and only a couple other guys, and we didn't have goalies yet, so we were actually like. Um, we had those shooter tutors on the net and this kid was like, like pissed. Like he was so mad. There's shooter tutors out <laughs> here. Like, like, what the fuck? I left yeah. the KHL for the NHL. What are you doing here? Yeah. Like he would hit the net and it would, it wouldn't go in. Like it would like deflect off and then he would just look so angry. And, but the stuff that he did, like those first couple of days of skates, I was like, this kid's, this kid's like dangerous. He's going to be nasty and special and his vision too. Like we were just doing some stuff where, I mean, it's like tic-tac-toe passing to go around a cone, but he's throwing backhand sauce and like laying in areas. You're just, you're like, okay, this guy's got it. So um, ever since that, like it was, it was like, yeah, this this is going to help change our team. And and it has so far. I know when he got to Minnesota, one of the first things he asked coaches when when he could meet his teammates, he was dying to meet you guys. So is he kind of one of these like sort of like cocky studs, very self-assured, or is he is he more of a low-key guy? He seems like a, a low-key guy. Yeah, yeah, he is low-key. He is like I laugh because I mean I'm just saying the, the Russian mentality. It's just he's not even close to it. Like it's he is uh, <laughs> no Gucci so tracksuits at the rink or what? No yeah, Abercrombie no. tees. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing yet. Yeah, you know, he he's like he's like almost like the bush of Russia. Like he comes from the bush, like Northern Ontario, I would say of Canada. Like just he's he's yeah he's not a uh, a Toronto guy or something like that. No, but uh, he's uh, he's down to earth. He's He's a, he's a lot of fun around the rink. He just smiles all the time and just shows up to 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 work. But I think one of the funnier things that um, I was telling Grinelli about before coming on the show that, about Creel was there's a story about him. We have like this group chat, team chat, and uh, it was like the fifth or sixth. It was like training camp was about to start, and uh, every night we get like a text message saying what group you're going to be in because of COVID protocols. There's got to be like two or three groups, and um, it was always like our PR guy whose nickname is Whitey. Whitey would send it out like six o'clock the night before and you would know what group you're playing the next day. So 
it was like always the older guys, the experienced guys who got the most games. They would all be in the same group together, like, you know, Suits, Zach Parise, all those guys that I was in that group and filtered down. And then Kirill was left out and he was in the second group. And the second group was like, like the taxi squad guys. And all of a sudden, you know, like this kind of goes on for like two days, three days, four days. And like Kirill's not practicing with us. He's practicing with the other guys. So whatever, we weren't thinking anything of it. And then one night we had like at nine o'clock, like text message on the phone. It's like Kirill Kaprizov. The guy does never texted anyone. He doesn't like speak English. We're like, what's this guy texting the group for? <laughs> and all it says is like, what the fuck? I want to be with like, I, I read, I read his text in like <laughs> Russian. Like so that's how I, I he ever text me. That's how I read it. <laughs> so I was just like, he's just like, what the fuck? I want to be with best players, not shit players. Like and he's texted the whole, he texted the whole, like all the taxi squad guys were on one text message. And, and I like interrupted like guys that it almost like made like guys that like didn't know each other yet. Like everyone was just chiming in. And oh it was, like, my. Like, you know, Cam Talbot's chiming and he, he wasn't even in even Minnesota yet. Like it was hilarious. And next rink, next time, uh, next day at the rink, he just comes. You could just see him. He just looking at the floor. Like he's not looking anyone in the eye because he's like, you know, it was a guy like Nico Sturm, who's our uh, fourth line center for our team. Like he was in that group. Like he's like all the guys that are on the bubble. So you got guys you're playing with, but it was it was hilarious. But that's just like it, he didn't come across like the next day. Like he didn't come across like he just was like thinking he he, he thought he was texting Whitey the. PR guy and he ended up oh. texting all of us. So we had a big, yeah, but then the next day at practice, he fires one on Sturm's tape and it blows up. He's like, see, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Any, anything that came out like uh, through our, our, our PR guy, we all to make sure like, Kirill, are you okay with this? Is this, is this good for you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That so that awesome. started that's the a great uh, story, dude. That's like, yeah. that. I, that's Malkinish, right? Biz? Right. That's what I mean. That's he kind of like reminds you of like that, that attitude, but it doesn't come across like he's, being an asshole he's just like this guy like this guy i I know remember last game i think it was like three games ago i think he did backhand sauce from the corner and i I don't know who he put it on it might have been like zuccarello's tape or something and and zuccarello didn't i think he like missed it it just bobbled or something and i came back and i'm like real like nice pass man and he looks at me like like he's so disappointed that, that that we didn't score like that but that's just how he comes back to the bench and he's like if he scores he's happy but like he's like not he wants another one and it's like, I wish I had that mentality all my whole life, especially when I was 23, Yeah, you're like, get one the first, just shut it down, <laughs> untie your skates, start checking yeah. your phone between periods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm plus hey. one in the first, I'm good. Well, I got to ask you about, um, you know, your line mates. You guys are buzzing, and it's the 2015 draft for the Minnesota Wild. Their first-round pick, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and then their second-round pick, uh, Jordan Greenway. Greenway, I got to see play at BU but all three of you guys have had like points per game averages kind of explode this season what what has it been I mean have you just enjoyed playing are you guys playing the same type hockey like what's the, what's your vibe with your line mates there yeah I mean we, we got chemistry last year and uh I think it just you know it just rolled over into this year I mean I know those guys Joel Erickson is man this guy's a beast I mean this guy's a beast in the in the workout room so it's just it's so nice to see like the offensive side of his game come out now um, because I mean, he's just turned on another level. And I think the, the biggest thing with him is like, he, he frustrates the hell out of guys, especially top, like we're playing against the top, you know, lines in, in the league right now or in, in our division, um, because of him, cause he's such a good shutdown guy and he just works both ends of the ice. And that's, that's probably one of the big, biggest impressive, you know, moments of, you know, our, our team this year. And, um, and Jordan Greenway, man, this guy's taking on a new role too. He's, yeah. he's always like, he's always been that what is he six, 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 seven, almost. And 
um, just this big guy, but he's has, he has hands and shots. And um, with greener, it was more just like trying to find that consistent balance every, every game. And, and he has, and he's turned it on. He's played more physical. And um, I think just what happened from last year has rolled over into this year. And um, myself, I think I'm just, um, you know, trying to stay consistent and help these guys out with kind of create more space and being physical in the puck and things like that. But um, I, I've you know I've been fortunate just to kind of cash in and, and bury my chances and, and help these guys too. So um, I owe a lot of credit to my success this year because to those two guys, they've been, they've been awesome this year. And, and when Bill Guerin came in and like so much can be said for the way he's carried himself as a player. And, and now when he's in the front office and he comes in and he, he makes moves right away where kind of must've had everyone on their toes. Right. And you see these, you see the guys like Greenway and Eric Sinek who've been there a little while. And it had to be a little nerve wracking for guys who wanted to stay on the wild when he, when you realize like he's not afraid to change anything here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that was like kind of the, the talks I've had with him before um, re-signing here and, and, and that's just who Billy is. I mean, Billy wants to win. And, and that's, I mean, as a player, you saw it too. Like, um, he wouldn't, you know, it wasn't any, bull- like, there was no bullshit with him. There's just like, you know, you're going to come, you're going to work hard, you're going to compete. And if you're not, we'll, we'll find someone who can. And that, that's kind of been this message since day one, since he's been here. Um, and it, it's kind of, yeah, it starts at the top. I mean, that, that that's the biggest thing. I think in any organization, you know, it has to start at the top. You got to have a, a certain identity and, and culture and, um, Billy G has been bringing that. I mean, he's, he's awesome. I think he's helped my, he's helped my career out a lot. I mean, ever since he got here, it's, it's been, um, I mean, there's, it's kind of, you never really have that feeling where you're playing for a GM, but in, in this case, you, you really want to play for your GM. You want to work as hard as you can for this guy. Cause he's such an awesome guy. I mean, is it accurate to say he's basically like sort of rewired the culture of the team in this short of time? Yeah, I really do. I mean, yeah, there's been some, uh, um, yeah, he's kind of fast-tracked it a little bit. I think, you know, you're bringing in I mean, what's helped us a lot this year, goaltending. I think bringing in a guy like Talbot, you know, guys that are experienced, but, you know, great in the room too. Talbot is a heck of a, of a team guy and, and uh, Benino, Cole, guys like that. Um, now, nah, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're, they're the biggest changes, but they're like, there's, there's these tweaks that he's making and it's it's making a huge difference for us. And um, and then and it just, you know, the way he's, he's kind of putting – confidence in our head coach and letting us play the right the right way and, and, a, and a little bit more fun this this year but um our skill guys are, are, are playing well competing and i think that's what he wants to see on a nightly basis uh, the last question i had about the wild uh, before we talk about maybe some of your earlier career was uh the back end i i mentioned i think last podcast i'd say one of the most underrated decors in the league you guys are so mobile and i think a, a massive reason for all your guys success this year as well yeah, it's it's always it's always been like that, I mean, because like we have had suits and, and Spurge and Dums and Brodine. Like the top four has been intact since I've been here. And it's it's awesome, man. Like Brodine's gotten more confidence and he's playing with more offense. And that guy is probably honestly one of the best defensemen I've ever seen on the skates. He is incredible. And Dumba's got that 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 swagger, that attitude. Like he he plays, you know, a lot of minutes and, and competes and has an absolute bomb. So and then our captain Spurge and you know, suits are just locks back there they're just so every every shift you feel so confident with those guys it's insane so um yeah that, that that's ever since i got here it's been like you get your points almost through your d you know like you almost just have to get the get the biscuit from low to high and then it's a shot on that it's, like it's you get a lot of points from from our d in, in minnesota and it's because of this the way we play and those guys are huge for it 
I mentioned you're a second-generation NHL. Your dad, Mike, played for 15 years, uh, notably in Buffalo, Toronto as well. You were born in Buffalo uh, a little bit after the Sabres had traded your dad. Did you grow up there or, or somewhere else? Oh, yeah, we grew up in Buffalo. I, th- I mean, I, I grew up uh, there, moved away since I was like probably five years old. But we have a lot of family and friends that we always go back to Buffalo in the summer times no matter where we were. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty chaotic uh, childhood. I mean, we went from uh, – Buffalo, and then my dad, I think, got traded to Toronto, then Toronto to Florida, and I remember spending Christmas in Florida, and we went back to Buffalo, and then he got a job out in uh, Colorado. That's where we uh, got to experience uh, the, you know, the the runs with Forsberg and Sackick and all those guys, and um, that we were there for about four years. My dad's coaching career was there, and then from Hershey, Colorado to Hershey, then Hershey up to Sudbury, Ontario, and that's where we stayed ever since. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been an absolute journey, but it's, it's been fun. And like, you know, just growing up, I don't remember much of my dad's playing career. Obviously it was pretty young, but Nick does a little bit. And then I remember mostly the coaching career, which is still a blast. I mean, we got to go in for pregame skates and um, shoot on, you know, Patty wall and morning skates and things like that. No way. We didn't, we didn't think much about it at the time. We were just, you know, young and dumb and just thinking that we're just playing hockey, but now looking back on it, I mean, it's, it's, pretty unbelievable that we got to got to do that and, and you know pass a puck with Forsberg or even Sackick and um meet some pretty pretty cool people along the way that I mean I just I was it was crazy like I was a huge Mike Ricci fan in Colorado and I saw him on the bench in San Jose and like when I was looking at him I'm like this guy is like I have a stick like in he's my house Fabio. So, yeah like you know it's just it's crazy the relationships you build and it's so cool for those guys to see Nick and I probably playing and 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 them you know them coaching against us so um it was a lot of fun and really lucky to have a father that, that had that kind of type of career. I know that you, you know, you listen to Chicklets occasionally. Do you respect elephants? <laughs> I, I do. I, I don't. So you understood where we were coming from in that combo. Yes. The, like the king of the jungle type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you would, you would pick an elephant to smash a lion's face in. Yeah. I, I feel like that they just, and, and they, there's like a herd of them too. I feel like they all come to each other's Here events. You know what it's called? <laughs> Team a mentality. Pride. Hey, it's called a pride. How sick is that? It's pride called the pride. Lions. I feel it's like the, the lion is pride too. Oh, I thought they were the lo- Alabama joke. pride. Alabama's got the, the, the big elephant as their logo. No, that's, the roll pride. Tide. that's roll tide. tide. Roll tide. Cause it's the elephant's rolling. <laughs> oh, the tide. It's a herd of elephants. Fuck. <laughs> what the hell is roll tide from? We went to the sweet zoo in buffalo back in the day and there was this elephant and we were like the guys like we got like this behind the scene tour and we're in this elephant cage it was like me eichel matt molson bogosian and we're like we're we're with the kids and like and we're going through this and we were having a better time and the the zookeeper's like here grab this watermelon toss it to this elephant and ike's looks at me he's like what the hell so he just like tosses it to the elephant this elephant like stops it with his foot and just like leans on it and this thing just splits and like just watermelon goes everywhere. I'm like, this guy could kill any of us right oh, now. Oh yeah, like it's insane. Absolute so machine. Like, and, and then you see the wagon that he's got on him too as he's walking <laughs> by, and <laughs> that just God. adds to the complete uh, king of the jungle mentality. Um, <laughs> you mentioned your brother Nick. So your first ever, ever NHL game, uh, you guys, you were playing against Ottawa, correct? Yeah, yeah. Got called up for that game. I think it was around Christmas time too. So. So the Pretty whole cool. family ends up heading over from Sudbury, all the friends and family? Yeah, everyone got to go up that game. I think Nick was able to fit the bill, uh, pay for the <laughs> suite, which was nice. And then uh, I remember that. I think uh, I think Nick might have got a assist or something. on. I think it was Carlson got the game winner or something. I think we lost like 4-2 or something the first game. It was just – that was a 
just a crazy experience. I think I was down in Houston. Uh, I was with Rochester. We're doing the Houston swing. We're doing San Antonio, Houston and Texas. And, um, and then like, I think we had like rookie part HL rookie party oh, that, that weekend. And then, uh, I get the call and it's just like, we're like taking the Southwest, uh, zone three, you know, you're at the back of the bus. And, uh, it was like a travel day. We got in at Rochester on like five o'clock at night with the left at like 9am. And then I had to take a car service from Rochester to Ottawa, which is about four hours. I got in like around 10, 11 o'clock and then, uh, played the next day and then got sent right back down after that game. But it was a experience. Never forget pretty cool lining up against like Nick for the draw and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience and one I'll never forget. Yeah, I, I did look it up before, and neither neither one of you guys got a point, but you were a dash one and a four one loss. He was a plus Ooh. two. Yeah, <laughs> hence why I got sent down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus, yeah. I, w- I want to talk about Buffalo for a little bit. You kind of were there on the ground floor when the Pagulas coming in this whole era they're still a part of right now is kicked off. You were there for six seasons, had four coaches. Did did that really hamper the development of, of, of a lot of guys, including yourself at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, honestly, I got nothing to say, bad to say about Pagulas. They're they're unbelievable owners, and um, I mean, good good people, and and they you know they gave a lot of stuff to that uh, that team, and um, they give you all everything that you know you need to succeed. That's for sure. But I just think you know it was just when I came when I came in, it was it was like an unbelievable team. I mean, we had like you know Vanek and and uh, uh, Palmaville was there, like we had Derek Roy was there, and and it was the year I got called up for like 14 games that we just missed the playoffs by like two points or something. And then after that, I think, you know, Darcy gear had an agenda and, and it was, you know, time to rebuild. And then, and then the next year was the, that lockout uh, semi, you know, the half year. And we end up like not having a great start. And Lindy Ruff gets gassed and, and Lindy Ruff is probably one of the, one of my favorite coaches to play for. I think just the respect factor going into the locker room, but I think it's just the timing he's been there for so long. I think it just, it was probably falling on, on some deaf ears and, and it was just a full, you know, change. And then, um, you know, really we just couldn't get our feet underneath us. I mean, it was just, uh, they brought in, I think Ron Rolston right after Lindy for who was my uh, Rochester Americans uh, in the NHL, my coach at the time and, um, great guy, but you know, it, it's tough. It's a lot of pressure. I thought on putting a guy like that kind of on that stage, you know, he's kind of just got a new job and in Rochester is a development coach. And then they kind of get thrown into the fire and it's kind of a, you know, a shit show going in Buffalo right now. And then they're trying to trade everyone. Obviously it was the, you know, trying to trade Ryan Miller, uh, that era. And then, you know, they brought in Ted Nolan after that. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, it just kind of steamrolled. And it was the whole thing with Pat LaFontaine came in for about a three week stint a and, and got yeah, uh, that Mrs. Show. Kennedy. How was it, Dallas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was just, it was just one of the, like, it, you just came to the rink and luckily we had like as, as terrible as it was and, and, and brutal. Like we had, I think we had fans that like were booing us at a Phoenix game because Phoenix and us were like last place. So anytime Phoenix scored, our fans would cheer. And it was just like, Oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is good. This can't get any faster, but Luckily, we had a great group of guys that just we had a lot of fun off the ice and it got us through all that uh, that stuff that was on the ice. But uh, I don't know, it just you'd love to see that, you know, that fan base get get what it deserves because it's unbelievable and still had a great time in Buffalo. But, you know, we just need to see some um, stability there. That's all. They really do deserve to get a team team going again. We've said that a lot, but you had the chance there to kind of 
up close and personal, see Ryan O'Reilly and, you know, he'd come from Colorado and then you see him and he leaves Buffalo. He gets traded from Buffalo. Like, did you know how special he was? Like, it's like when he left, like this guy's going to win a Stanley cup after, after getting the chance to play with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was shocked when they, when they did get rid of him. I mean, it was crazy. He's one of the best all time greatest teammates I've I've played with and, and unbelievable player. I mean, the guy ran, practice after the practice is over like he had another practice like it was did it he was really insane. He'd, he'd put the drills together and all that stuff yeah, yeah like he'd grab sticks and lay them on the ice be an obstacle course and just you know but it was they were like he didn't he included everyone that's the thing with like with o'reilly like he's the guy unbelievable leader and and and, and guy just he included everyone and everything um he would yeah, he would be like the guy dishing pucks he'd throw one at your backhand he'd have to knock it down like he would tell you what to do and it was just you're looking forward to that practice more than the actual practice. So, um, <laughs> he was, uh, no offense. he was, no offense. And then, yeah. and he was no just offense a stunt to all eight coaches. <laughs> He's no offense to all 12 coaches we had. Um, but, uh, like he, he just, and then obviously the type of player he was too. He's just so skilled and, and so smart. And, um, they got battled every night too. I mean, it was, it was a tough, tough years. He was there. And, and, um, I mean, really like, him and Ike's together were, were phenomenal, but you couldn't put them always on one line because it was kind of tough for our team. And, I mean, he still put up a lot of points in, in Buffalo. So, um, yeah, I'm so happy when he won that cup in St. Louis. I mean, as much as it sucked that, that St. Louis won they're in our division, but couldn't be more happy for a guy like that. Another Ryan you played a few seasons with, Ryan Millett just announced his retirement. What was your experience like with him? Uh, intimidating. Yeah. I did not, uh, I was young around him. So, uh, he was, uh, I was game days. I was terrified of this salty guy. old veteran. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just going to stay away from this guy. If he looks at me, I'm just going to look the other way. So it was just, uh, he was awesome though. He was great. He was, uh, um, he was uh, like unbelievable. Like I'm, I'm like my, my days in, in Buffalo when he was there, like there'd be an odd man rush going the other way. And like, you felt so kind like, yeah, he's got it. It's fine. Like we could probably cherry pick here. It's going to go the other way. Like he, <laughs> he, he helped our, like he helped out so many, like he won so many games for us and it, it was, it was insane. Like it, uh, I'm so happy that, that, that I got to play with him. He was just a pro's pro. Like he, the way he prepared, it was insane. I remember and what you played with him in the Olympics. And I think I came into like that after that. And it was just like, that was put him on the that map, the but peak. even more like, so. I, so Yeah. Like oh nine, man, oh eight to like oh twelve, thirteen, yeah. right? He 0-12. was just yeah. dominant. Yeah, Would you say already right? chirped me saying oh twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey for game the on now, alright. Game on. You better be perfect. The rest <laughs> of the way. You've been at me for five years. But another thing too, like so fucking easy. Ding ding, let's go, Felino. <laughs> what corner are you taking? Oh twelve is interesting. I, I got butterbean. You got wet. Let's go. Let's Perfect. break them up. Hey, so um, I want to ask you about, so your, your father coached you and your brother in junior in Sudbury. Uh, yeah. Did you know, know what to expect because of your brother's experience? Like, and was the, 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 the relationship odd between father and son and then also coach? You know what? Like I got to give my dad a lot of credit. Like he, he handled it well, but he handled it the way it should have been handled because dealing with my brother uh, at that age was, was, was probably a really tough thing to do. And, uh, Nick had some, had, uh, some fire in him, but, and, and would chirp back. Like, I think Nick and I, Nick's at that age probably was a little bit more like, um, a smart ass. And I was probably just like laid back, like trying to get a pulse out of me type thing. Like that's, it was like two, <laughs> two older eagles. Like it was, but honestly, it was probably the, the best thing that ever happened to me was watching Nick go through it first. Absolutely. Um, I was in the backseat of cars. Sometimes I'd, 
I was like a young, I was probably 13 when Nick was playing. And so I would just hang around. I was kind of a rink rat. So I would hang around some losses and I'd wait outside. I would wait in my dad's office and then Nick would get there and Nick would have to drive back with my dad. So I'd hop in the back seat. I'm like, let's see how this is going to go tonight. <laughs> Nick had a bad ding, game. Ding, I would just sit in the back. <laughs> and I would, I'd sometimes start up like, Nick, how'd you play? How do you think you play today? And then <laughs> just, just let it go from there. So uh, it was, and my dad was always the king of like, no talking until you get right to the driveway. And then right when you get to the driveway, you're in the car for like 15 to 20 minutes outside the house. And, uh, oh yeah, no, but he, it was, uh, I gotta say like, you know, not everyone can say you know, that they had a great experience with obviously their dad coaching, but I think my dad as a coach is, is, is an amazing coach and a more really motivational guy. And, um, a lot of people respected him and, um, yeah, Nick, Nick's years, they had a really good years. I think towards my end of my, my career in junior, we had a, we had a better year of my, I think they they sold the farm in Knicks last year, so I got all the we got all the the terrible. Uh, we got like we were pretty much the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League in the OHL. So um, yeah, it was it was a tough first years, but my dad was hard on us because he had to be. But I think that was what made us better players today. What, what did um, what was the story? You're both dual citizens. Yeah, so we're all born in Buffalo. And so then, your brother uh, played for USA, though, and uh, TGP yeah. and some World Championships, and then you 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 played for Team Canada, right? Yeah, I know it's a it's a it's a how it's did that go to... down between like did he so how did that work? yeah Nick so like Nick Nick was the um, we we were in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Nick was playing for Central Penn Panthers, and then that's when he got like scouted by the USA Hockey Development Program, and I think he was like fourteen or fifteen, and he had to make a decision if he wanted to go to uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, to to go to the U. Uh, USA hockey program and and uh, we were moving to Sudbury, Ontario at that time. So like uh, I think he got drafted by OHL, but he declined that first year and then he went to the US program, which was really tough because I I mean I don't think I could have done that. I mean watching him go through all that stuff like you're with a totally new family, you build a family, and you're only like 15 years old and yeah, you know you're going really to a different early school. To leave like, home. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a crazy experience and. I'm lucky I got to watch that because I think it matured me a little bit more. Um, and that's what Nick, Nick, Nick just, Nick really went headfirst into everything for me. And I just kind of followed his path. So I got to give him a lot of credit. He, he had some hard stuff to deal with, but it, uh, it made him who he was. I mean, that USA program, like I saw Nick was a different player after that, but yeah, that's what like, so he was in that program and I never really was like establishing anything yet. And then when I went to go play in on uh, kind of all the Canadian, the Ontario hockey league, uh, or even just playing in Ontario when I was younger as a midget for Bantam. Yeah, because you were only um, 12 or whatever at that time, yeah. right? So yeah, that's so your time came you living know, in Sudbury. I feel like I a little bit more Canadian. And then, honestly, when it came time to World Juniors, I got invited by Canada and not U.S. So I'm like, I only got one option here. So everyone kind of made, it, made a joke, why didn't USA pick you? I'm like, well, I never got an invite. So I can't just go uh, playing for that team. So that was one thing that was, it was pretty cool to, I mean, it was one of the best experiences of my life to play World Juniors in, in, uh, for Team Canada. So I'll take it, and it's kind of just how it ended up that Nick and I were both on opposite ends of the country. How many um, kind of off topic? We're going with how many fans are allowed in the building right now for you guys, or is it are you empty still? I think we got like three thousand or three to five thousand, like something in between there. And it must it be like nice, right? Like you, you that comeback the other night against Vegas was a joke, right? You wow. scored two in twenty seconds. Yeah. Like, are you even noticing even with three thousand? Because I went to the Bruins game, there was three thousand in the crowd. It actually felt pretty decent, though. Yeah, it did. I mean, especially like the the way we came back last game, it was pretty loud. Like, the, no fans really left, and 
um, it, it was it was a pretty big cheer for from everyone. I don't know if they threw some fake noise in there. Maybe they still have that yeah, going, true. but but oh. it's it's still it's it honestly, man, it changes. It's so much better. Like the first game since um, you know the last one without anyone, like it made such a difference. You're coming out for warm ups, you're like, oh my god, like you're getting it going again. There's it's it's still weird that everyone's spaced out, but we'll take it right now. Uh, is it true you you were at a game in Buffalo? You saw Biz score. A Biz had a big goal in Buffalo. What's yeah, the, what's the deal? That's with that? right. So that was my first year pro, and uh, we were in Rochester. And I remember, like, I I lived in uh so my first year I lived in a house with Zach Cassian and Brady McNabb, and it was it was a fun house. And we were like, we we try we just come down to Buffalo some nights. We're like, you know, like, what do you guys want to do? You guys want to go watch a game? We're like, yeah, sure. So they would always set us up. They would get us like it was actually kind of funny because they would actually put us in the stands. And I mean, I'm not really many people knew probably who I was, but more for Zach Cassian, who was like a first rounder. So um, they put us in the stands. I remember we went to that Phoenix game and, uh, and, and Biz scored. So it was, I remember like seeing it. I'm like, Holy shit, Paul Bissonette scored. There's no way Buffalo's coming back from this. And uh, that's how it all went down. So Biz, you we got to see your goal. <laughs> you <laughs> mother. Hell of a goal. Hell of a goal. That's I think what made Cassian want to get traded. That night. My mom was there. My grandparents were on the That's glass. Right. It was a buddy. huge game. Oh, it was a greasy one too. I I got off my check and I just I put it right through Enros pads. <laughs> it was greasy, but yeah. Thanks for the tire no, pump. Great goal. Great goal. Yeah. I wonder they, Miller wasn't in that. <laughs> they canceled he, school the next day in morning in Buffalo. <laughs> Biz scored. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, were you there for the Were you there for the butt goal? Mike Smith's butt goal. That was, yeah, that was uh, my buddy, Mark Pissick, that scored that. I'll never forget that. That was insane. That was oh. like, and that was like, that was when, that was a big, I think that was one of the bigger games. That was us versus Phoenix for like the, the Flint, last Michigan, Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. Yeah. That, <laughs> you guys crazy. were celebrating you, like you won the cup that game. Oh man. It was, it was, I think it was our first win in probably two months. That's why. I was going to ask, uh, who, who are the characters inside the Minnesota Wild locker room? And I would imagine uh, Suter is a grumpy guy, isn't he? You don't yeah, talk to him before he gets his coffee, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's grumpy for sure. He's, uh, he likes the news, and, and you want to talk about things going on in the world, that's the guy to talk to, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's got the stock market guy. going down and all that stuff. So he's, uh, I don't know, characters in our room. I mean, you can't go wrong with, like, Man, Matt Matt Dumbas is an energetic guy. Ryan Hartman's one of my good buddies on the team. Um, man, there's a couple of the Euros are, are pretty funny guys, but uh, Nick Bonino is Nicky probably Bones, underrated. Right? Yeah, Nicky yeah, Bones, a character. He's, uh, he's pretty comical. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we got what, some interesting uh, interesting guys this year. I wonder what Suter's opinion on Bitcoin is. I asked him last night actually before <laughs> the game. We we have, he's my stallmate, so we got him going on XRP and all that stuff and. And uh, he's uh, he doesn't believe in it, so he's an old he's like, guy. You ask him about it, he's like disgusted. Yeah, I asked him like, hey, "What do you think about Bitcoin?" He just looks at me, and I'm like, "Okay, have a good day." Yeah, have yeah. Good game. Good seeing just you. gives you that we'll glance. Oh yeah. Well, you know, yeah. in speaking of Suda, you know, him and Parisi came in together, and having the chance to know both those guys and see how good Parisi's been, it must have been a little awkward and tough to see when he did get healthy scratch this year. And and was there any sort of like awkwardness after he kind of came out and made it clear he didn't agree with the situation, or was was that all handled behind closed doors? Yeah, I mean a little bit of both. I mean, I, it's tough because you know everything just it, it kind of blows up with uh, the media and stuff like that. But you know, Zach is is proud and and he's a pro's uh, pro, exactly. And and he, the guy wants to score and he works his ass off every night. And that's the thing with Zach. I mean, like they like, you know, he he's probably a little bit down because of, you know is 
his production's not there this year and taking a different role. And um, that's all right. I think you wanted someone to be you kind of ticked off rather than just say, okay, let it go and let it slide and just go with the flow. So, um, but that's the thing, like he never changes his work ethic, that guy on the ice. So um, he, he's great in the room and, you know, he's, he's been, we're going to need him. We're going to need everyone going down the stretch here and he's going to be a big part of it. And he scored big goals in his career. And uh, I guarantee you he's going to do it for us in the playoffs. Marcus, as a younger brother, did Nick taught you a lot as kids? Yeah, we had like Jesus. We had uh, what? Well, no, and then I was going to say, did did it come full circle? Well, I'm okay. All right, I'm I'm still nipple clamps. I'm I'm obviously a little brother too. Biz, I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, like we had we had some big uh, altercations with some mini sticks and things like that. Any any time we played sports, it was always. Nick would be the guy that would kind of just bump up his score a little bit. You know, if it was like three, one, he'd be like, oh, no, I think it's four, one. And then they just kind of keep playing. And you're just like, <laughs> wait a minute. So it's just, he's, he's that type of guy. And I think that, uh, yeah, like when we were younger, it would be, we, my dad would probably blow a gasket a couple of times, the, the, the heavy running upstairs and Nick and I would have to pretend like nothing happened. When we came in the room or something like that. So a lot of, uh, Probably some throwing some mini sticks at each other. Probably probably some suspensions if it if it happened today on the ice. But uh, it's all good. It, it it made us kind of that that competitive and, and um, gritty gritty hockey player that we are now. But eventually, you you became the bigger brother. So did the tables turn? Like, could you take him if you had to? Yeah, probably. Like when he got back from like I probably when I was like thirteen, it it, it changed. Nick was like about you know sixteen or something, and. Yeah, I think when I got the juniors, it was uh, it was different. I was definitely he was looking up at me then, so I think that he changed a little bit. But uh, I mean, still to this town. day, yeah, still to this day. I mean, we work, we train with each other in the summer, and it it doesn't matter. Our trainer puts us against each other on sprints and stick handling drills, whatever and what have you. And it's always a competition, and it's always there's always tripping going on. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. This year in that fight with uh, I think it's Kanizov, how you say his name. You know, you caught him with two, if not three, rights early, and he's bleeding. And you did a good job. I mean, I think everyone said they respected a lot. You kind of saying, "Hey, refs, get in here." Is that just? I mean, that's just staying honest to who you are as a player. You see a guy injured. All right, I'm not going to keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I didn't want to fight him. Like, I, it was uh, he. I, he kind of sticked me in the in the draw, and I was I was just kind of ticked off there. And then came over and he shoved me and I'm like, Oh no, here we go. So it was just one of those things where like when it happens and you know, you just know, like I'm sure biz, like, you know, you, when you grab a guy, you know, when you, you, you kind of have, you can, yeah. You, and you have him on and like reach on him and things like that. So that's what kind of happened when I grabbed him and he swung and he missed me. I go, okay. Like, and I, and I hit him the first time and I can see right away, like he's already bleeding. So I just threw another one and then, it's just one of those things where, yeah, just the respect factor comes in. And I know he's a young kid and I give him a lot of credit. I mean, that's, that's huge for, you know, their dress room and a kid to prove himself like that. That's what I had to do coming to the league. And um, I give the guys a lot of credit like that. And heck, I've been on the receiving end of it too. So, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but I just think that in that instance, you know, you just don't need to keep going. It's just, it's just yeah, calling the refs and, and go to the box. Biz knows what it feels like to connect, and I know how nice off or whatever his name is <laughs> to get one off your forehead. <laughs> yeah, the Tom Wilson approach. <laughs> the, the the last night one. Yeah, yeah I mean the, Jesus, oh, yeah. like I don't why, know. Why do you, you want to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, do you have an opinion on the matter? Lot, but... Put me on it. I don't know. 
I, we, we already we got the headline printed. Nick Felino's a so. cheater, says brother. Yeah. If I could, if I could add <laughs> anything room, here, the, the New York Rangers actually just released a statement about the whole Tom Wilson incident. Oh, wow. oh, oh we're no. getting another Montreal incident. So oh, they're going to have some report. That the Rangers have released a statement saying they don't condone, condone the reckless act of violence. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm glad I waited on the blog. Goodness, this is great to add. I mean, Felino's a guy. You had a great bout with Wilson. You probably got the better of him, too. Me and Willie, I think, fought like three times already. Yet. Like he's, I mean, he's a big boy. He's, he's a big boy. So, I mean, yeah, it's been, we, we like, when he started out, we fought, I think, twice in Buffalo and then once in many. So, he's just, uh, I mean, I give that guy a lot of credit, too. He has to show up and, and play that physical game every night. And does he cross the line sometimes? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some crazy hits that he, <laughs> he throws, and you're just like, come on, man, like, just dial it back a bit. I mean, like, I know he's got a great contract, but he must be making not a lot compared to some other guys that play clean that make a lot less of them. So, I mean, I just feel bad for his bank account sometimes because he's been taking some hits. They're going to bring him out in the Hannibal Lecter thing next game. You know, they do the, the rituals in the tunnel. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> They're going to have him in the do, Hannibal Lecter mask. Does, does him in New York, do they play again? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow Brent, night. Tom- I, tomorrow oh, night. We're, we're, yeah. This interview is done Tuesday. Who, uh, who's on the taxi squad? Do they call up? Yeah, who's getting called? <laughs> oh, they up? saw they sang Colt Noor. Uh, <laughs> I think uh <laughs> yeah. I, I think they uh who else did they get? Who else did they get? Andre Andre Lucier. Yeah, Sistino. Not Poodle. Oh my god. <laughs> oh they're bringing fuck. Jody Shelley back. Yeah, Spider Silva. <laughs> Nick Fatih is coming out of retirement. You're going to be uh, scissor kicking with yeah. skates on. It, it, anyway, uh, we've taken a lot of your time. You guys have anything else? Uh, actually, I want to ask you, Marcus, you get traded to Minnesota uh, June 30th, 2017. Probably feel like getting the last chopper out of Buffalo at the time. Uh, what was your reaction to the trade hall? It was you, a third, and uh, Tyler Ennis uh, for a fourth, Jason Palmerville, and Marco Scandella. I always like to ask guys evaluations of their own trades. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I remember this vividly because I mean, when when it happens, I think you just try to it, it sticks with you. And it was actually uh, uh, Jason Botterill who traded me from Buffalo, and uh, I actually had like a meeting with him the week before in Buffalo, and everything kind of was was great. You know, it sounded like I was going to resign, and um, it was it was just. Uh, uh, I asked him like when I got traded, I'm like, you know, who for? I think just that's what I wanted to know, and and say say you know said thanks for everything and see you later, but. He just said what it was for, and, and the reason why he did it. I think they needed a, a right-handed shot defenseman in Marco Scandella, or, or I mean, maybe he's a left-handed. I'm not sure, but they they needed kind of a, a big shooter defenseman. So that was one of the things pieces for. And then I don't know. You know, it was just it was it was a weird moment. It was just uh, you know you you thought that you're going to go play for Buffalo for a lot longer. I think everyone you know thinks you can play for one team your whole career, but um, you know I'm sure glad that it, it did happen and and. Um, you know, I'm loving the role I have in, in, in Minnesota right now and, and the way that my game's taken off here. So, um, yeah, just, you know, whenever I was, I was lucky to be traded with my buddy Tyler Ennis, who's a, who's a great guy. So that was pretty cool getting traded with someone that you're kind of used to. But, um, yeah, it was, he's a it was character off the ice, this Tyler Ennis. He's guy. probably one of the funniest guys you've ever, like, yeah, it's just insane, this guy. Like, yeah. He is, I had a night with I, him I can't in even Lauderdale. I had a night oh, with him in Lauderdale. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it was actually Dude. like probably three months before COVID hit. He was on the Senators at the time, and he just met me and Merle's. We're like, he's like, wait till you meet this guy, Wit. <laughs> Did you guys like have dinner or something with him? Or just I don't even up? think we ate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Got after he, it. Oh. He's a guy that like, 
Yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter how many games he's playing in this league. Like, he's the same guy from day one. Like, you just make sure that he packs his toothbrush, his bag, and he goes on the road and he has an extra suit. Like, that's the type of guy he is. And he's, but, but what a, what a guy, what a, what a great teammate he is. And, um, I got to mean, that one of the better stories we're in Vegas and like that, what just sums him up is like we were having dinner at Nobu that night. And like, he had a girlfriend at the time. It was my wife. And we had a couple guy, guys with their girls. We were going out for dinner in Vegas. And, and like, he shows up like hour and a half late, like to a Nobu restaurant. And his, you know, like when you get like uh, new shoes and the laces are all like different, like they're like, they're like in the one. Yeah. They go like, like diagonal. Uh, he shows up and like his shoelaces are like way too long and like they're not even tied. He comes strutting into Nobu, sits down. He's just like his hair is a mess. And I'm like, oh my god, this guy is like that's that's Tyler Ennis right there for you. He we just shows have, up and then he's the life of the party that night. Hey, weekend yeah. at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> who's oh, the well, first uh... guy the Golden Knights weren't going to take in the expansion draft? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on and and Uh, we've, you know, actually I shouldn't say we, but I've dogged Mini and being a little boring and this year has changed everything. (laughs) I think it's been a fun team to watch and I didn't know, but 11-2-2 in in, um, the career versus Vegas, the Minnesota Wild are since they came in the league. So you got to think you'd be excited to take them on in the first round, but good luck and Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, we just we just stay in our hotel room there. That's what a bunch of losers when we go to Vegas. That's why we went. (laughs) Yeah, you just thanks for having me, guys. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marcus. Good luck in the playoffs, uh, brother. Take thanks. care. Thank thanks, you. Marcus. Man, huge thanks to Marcus Foligno for joining us. I uh, got to love when the current players come on and they're completely honest and hilarious, and that's exactly what he was. So big thanks to him for doing that for us. Uh, that, hold on. All right. Sorry. Yeah. That Kaprizov <laughs> sending that fucking text message is one of the funniest stories. Oh, I didn't see it. Hold on. What was that? What? what? What that? What was that? The one in the interview, RA. The one, in the the one, one that interview, he told... RA. That fucking Felino just told. Oh no, 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 dude. I'm, th- I, I'm thinking tonight, dude. I'm. Th- <laughs> so we, we, we. No, I remember, record... dude. I remember that he fucking shit all over the teammates. I, I, I thought you were talking about fucking what we were at the show. That's why I was lost. Yeah, Kaprizov texted Biz. He said, uh, "Hey, how's the recording going?" He goes, "Hey, how's RA's pet squirrel? Like I used to have one in fucking oh. Kazakhstan." You're having a glass of wine. I'm getting a glass of wine. It's like yeah, go get a glass of vino. Dude, I, I 100% thought that was something like related to the games because I, I fucking no. I get locked down when I got to do the ad. So Incredible yeah. story. Thank you for, to Marcus Foligno for giving us a little bit of look inside a Minnesota Wild training camp this year and probably the spark that ignited this whole team and this run they are on. Now, going back to this series quickly, and we're going to have to give you our prediction picks, the physicality. Four, guy, four guys in that first game. Double digits and hits. McNabb and Reeves for Vegas, I think, had 10 each. And uh, in, in, in Wit, he brought it up in this interview. That line between Erickson, Eck, Greenway, and Felino, they are monsters. 26 collective hits in game one. And if there was one matchup that this Vegas team, who play like a bunch of bullies, did not want to run into, it's the way that this Minnesota team has been constructed. And R.A., you have this fucking smirk on your face. I don't know if I said 21st. I don't know what I said. That's so funny. What are you giggling about? No, it's just that I was – I don't know where we were supposed to cut off. Like, I fucking butchered that pot when you guys mentioned Kaprizov. I thought it was something recent, and I never got to the ad before you jumped into it. So I was just going to jump into the ad after you talked about the series. So What's that, the ad? Let's all. talk about it. Who's the company? All right, absolutely. No, well, I, I, I was going to take my glasses off because I'm blind, but I can't because these are shady rays. And one thing I've been preaching for years on Checklets Biz is that you do not need to break the bank for a sweet pair of quality shades, which is why Shady Rays are the ideal pair of sunglasses with someone just around the corner. 
Shady Rays are premium polarized shades at a fraction of the price of the big name brands. Folks, you guys have seen me wear these on Instagram stories for the last few months, few weeks, whatever. I haven't said nothing yet because we haven't had them their initial add-on. These are Shady Rays, man. Instead of spending all kinds of dough and you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars on sunglasses, Shady Rays hooks you up. The craziest thing about them is the warranty. It's one of the strongest warranties in the game. You get replacements if the shades are lost or broken for any reason. Doesn't matter if you're dropping the drink, ocean, lake, whatever, they replace them. These things are unreal. And even with that strong of a warranty, they still manage to make quality. That's as good as any expensive pair I've ever bought. I'll tell you that because I've always said it, man. You don't spend more than X month on sunglasses. Well, you know what? You can spend $48 and get two pairs of these bad boys. And Shady Rays, Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed. They've donated over 15 million meals to date. So you're helping a great cause when you grab a pair or two. And the best part, too, is free exchanges, free returns. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will ship them back. It's that that simple, so easy. So change the way you wear sunglasses and join the team that has your back for life. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season exclusively for us here at Spit and Chicklets. Use the code Chicklets, C-H-I-C-L-E-T-S, for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com, just like it sounds, ShadyRays.com. Dot com buy one get one free you can get two pairs for 48 dollars. it's an unreal deal these things are great i love them i've been wearing it for a long time now redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all the newest and best shades good stuff also you get your bucket hat to it <laughs> all right we'll wrap it up so you look great in those by the way all right hey do you think they could make ones that fit my nose can i have, have a hard time Mikey? i have a hard time finding ones that fit the the part of my nose up here uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. It's funny. You don't think about someone's nose and sunglasses until someone says, Hey, look at their nose. And then it's like, it does look like a fucking giant fucking potato. All right. I'll something. talk to the rep then. Great, <laughs> great ad read. All right. You're buzzing. So physical series. Uh, I got, uh, I believe I picked Vegas and seven yep, or maybe take- Vegas and six. Help me out. If you yep. want to actually see all of our picks, you can hit up our social channels. We got them all listed there. Right. Uh, all but yours. You were a little bit late before Merle's blog went up. So uh, we do have yours on record, though, if people want to call us. and we Who do I have, Vegas and six? Uh, let's see. Vegas and seven for Merle's. I had Vegas and six, even though I bet Minnesota in game one. Witt had Minnesota in seven, the only member of the crew to do so. Uh, Grinelli, Vegas and six. Biz, Vegas and six. So uh, I think if the Wild are to win the series – it's going to kind of be a lot of like game one where Talbot has to stand on his head and they got to win some low scoring games. Cause um, they're, they're outmatched. You know, I don't think they're as fast. Vegas is a great team, but I still, I still think the wild have something brewing this year. And that's why yeah. I picked them. Yeah. We need to, we need Caprice off to maybe go off for one or two games where he puts the team on the or back. Or that line is just hammering people away. I mean, they're good. They're good. Bro Dean, another underrated D-man. Watch him. Young. All you youngsters out there, watch the positioning. Watch the stick. Watch how this guy plays. All right, moving right along. There was a second game that started after the Bruins tonight. I just want to pull up the correct score here. Uh, Carolina beat Nashville 5-2 to two in game one. Uh, it was a Monday night game, 8 o'clock it started. It was the first ever playoff meeting before between the two teams. Obviously, they... Been in different conferences forever. And what I don't know if you're like a map or geography guy, but I looked up how far apart Raleigh and Nashville were on the map, and I was stunned at how far apart they were when I looked it up. Um, yeah, Tennessee isn't that close to North Carolina, is it? They abut each other. 
They really? touch each other on the border. That's why I was so stunned when I looked this up. Wow, what was it? 549 miles between Raleigh and Nashville, right? And Jeez. for perspective, Boston and D.C. are 439 miles apart. So when you look at a map, you just think they're all that southern region. They're that close. They're two states next to each other. Fucking 100 more miles than Boston from D.C. So anyways, I digress. Carolina beat up on them for the most part. No, let's stick with geography. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take Tunisia for 200, Alex. I'll please. say this. In that first period, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Nashville's playing right up to right up to the caliber that Carolina is. And after that, though, it, it, it faded off. Carolina maintained that pace as they always do. Um, I'll tell you what, I think it was a couple of years ago. Might've even been last year where Nashville's power play just like completely forgot to show up in the postseason. If they don't start executing on their power play, there's not a chicken dicks chance. They're going to last in the series. I think it's going to be over in five if they're lucky. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think UC Soros is going to be able to pull off his magic like he did on other teams compared to Carolina and they are full bore. I think uh, Jordan Stahl, a couple tucks. He's going, he's looking like uh, his early days in Pittsburgh, Wit. Put the boy, you know. He's looking tri- like the Stanley Cup champion, Jordan Stahl. Abercrombie and Fitch, what, what was tight, he, 20? tight white tees. Maybe he was 20 years old when he won the Cup, shutting down top lines in Detroit, shutting him down throughout the playoffs in Washington. He's a beast. I, I would say by far and away to me, this would be the biggest upset. I think if Nashville beat Carolina, it would be a bigger upset than any other series in the league. Carolina is awesome. They are right there. I think whoever wins Florida, Tampa Bay, I think Carolina will be favored. Um, And I just think a lot of that team, I think that they have so many guys that actually nobody on that team gets talked about enough. And part of that is where the team is in North Carolina and how the fan base it is rabid. There is there is a portion of rabid fans, but that place doesn't really get crazy unless the team's really good. You've seen some years when the attendance is poor. So in leading up to like guys not getting discussed enough, they're kind of a team that hops to hops to mind. So Svechnikov, you know, you've seen what he's able to do. He keeps getting better and better. He plays with fucking balls too. I mean, you remember he went at Ovi, Ovi knocked him out, but still you're like, this kid doesn't care. And the, the list goes on and on. Like Niederreiter scored the winning goal tonight. It was awesome play. I think Johansson got cu- caught pu- puck watching a little bit. He was in the high slot, but they're so deep. And like Stalzi's a guy who doesn't need to carry them offensively at all, but you know you're getting 17 minutes out of them, PK and shutting down top lines. So like they have just so many different names. Now goaltending's interesting because they didn't go with Mrazek. Right. Uh, I was surprised about that. Um, I can never say his name, R.A., the starting goalie tonight. Just help me out quick. Nadelkovic. He won the Calder Cup um, a few years ago. Uh, and and so there's the obviously confidence hey, there. Hey, can we welcome welcome him to the club? Yeah. Give exactly. a round of applause. That's what Biz has as well. Thank you. Welcome to the ring of honor, my friend. But Carolina is a uh, a lot of people's pick to go to the Cup. And I think that that sounds weird to, to many fans, but if you've watched this team play and you've seen them all year, like they were legit contenders to win the president's trophy. They're nasty. I think I, I could play Nashville's net for there. the Carolina hurricanes. And I think we do. All right. That's how good they are in front of them. But I still think he's a very competent goalie. I don't think they're worried about who's in net. I think they're just such a, yeah, a, a good one. Great point. You know what I'm saying? They just, they yeah. got such a good team where it's like, Hey, 
provide solid goaltending and we're going to be all right. And uh, they are fun to watch. And Wit, you alluded to, uh, you know, how sometimes when the fans aren't around when they're not doing so well, well, they are. And they got the start off playoffs with, I believe, 12,000. Sarah Sivian, yeah, Sarah Sivian was in the press box. Uh, She was there to watch it live. She posted a video just kind of panning. It looked like it was full. Because yeah, everyone's that video waving the t- like it was packed. Yeah, I think somebody said there was only twelve thousand. I could be completely wrong, but um, they 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 showed up loud and proud, and what a performance they put on. Uh, yeah, Biz, you mentioned the goaltenders, and obviously uh, Carolina can throw any guy out. Mrazek, Rima, Nedeljkovic, either either one of those guys have been fucking getting it done. Reimer, yeah, right, yeah, Rima. Didn't I just say that? Oh, I meant I meant <laughs> I, I was trying to come in with David Ayers. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy, but you guys sound. Get it. Yes. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, e- either way, dude, um, I think Nashville's not dead yet, but they're going to have their work, work cut off. They didn't score a lot of goals this year, man. And Saros has been so good for so long. You wonder how long he can keep it up, if not uh, providing for him offensively. 16-6-1 and one with a 1-9-0 goals against and a 9-4-1 save percentage since March 18th with three shutouts. But, I don't know, like I said, he's got his work cut out for him. So was it uh, Tara was it Tara Vinan who kind of had the similar Sidney Crosby goal where he Zoroed it? Yes. Yes, it was very similar. Yeah, that was it was awesome. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, that, that tied leader. it up too because Forsberg Forsberg scored on a sick pass from Johansson and then he was like yelling up to somebody in the crowd, that was for you, baby, staring at a Canes fan. Or maybe there was a there maybe there's a Preds fan up in the building. Yeah, oh, we saw. forgot to mention there was a Bruins Capitals fan brawl in the top like section Shaka. in the first period. <laughs> That's how to announce your presence with authority. Glad so you made it out safe, Ari. Oh yeah, I, I got tagged in all that shit, but I, you couldn't really tell who 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 was beating who up though. I mean, obviously the Bruins jerseys involved. An early sure. brawl though, game yeah. two, first period. Yeah, I will I mean, say it's it's, it's a little discouraging when they finally allow fans back in buildings where everywhere you look, there's scraps going on at every sporting event right now. What was the one, the boxing event that got real oh, ugly? Dude, how about that guy's punch in San Diego? Oh, yeah, the baseball game. That guy that guy had his hands down. What was that guy doing, though? Like, What was the guy doing with through the punch? But what was the guy doing standing there? Well, it, it was it was obvious that the other guy was irritated to a certain He was extent. coming. He was coming because he was irritated about something, and he just – I'm he, just saying – It would be and, like Revo just cold-cocking me, and that's how much that guy just dropped. Oh, no, that was a monster knockout punch, but I'm just saying, like, I couldn't believe, like, no matter who it is, if I know I'm getting killed, Tim Jackman, you have to at least, like, I don't know, protect yourself. I turtled. Do something. Unless, that guy was unless, just like – yeah, hey, when, man, what's going on? Unless you got a great lawyer and you're it, looking to cash in. You don't maybe stand, yeah, when you got a young kid like that who's probably hopped up, shit face, and you, and you don't get up and put, to put your arms up, just sit down and be like, buddy, like, if you don't get up, then he probably isn't going to feel threatened by it. Once he stood up, he, the kid probably felt threatened, even well, though he knew what happened to me. Ari's going to teach classes on how to story handle these come types out of what situations. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just, a, I think, a drunk young guy and a, an older guy thought he was going to be like, hey, buddy, come on. And, and he, you know, he made a shit call. And, yeah, the kid probably didn't need to punch him there. I don't think it was a, a case of self-defense. It was a kid who was, I don't know, looking to be a I don't think he could offense. pay me enough to fucking care that much about sports. Dude, where I'd be brutal, getting a dude. fist fight at a sporting oh, I'm event. That's it wasn't why, about sports. NFL games are the worst, dude. There's so many donkeys at fucking NFL games. It's like nonstop that bullshit. Uh, 12,000 oh, Colorado people. Colorado 2-1. Up there. Oh, yeah, twelve. Uh, Carolina had twelve thousand people in the building. In yeah, I, I think there was one building that, that had full capacity. But either way, it's nice to see people finally getting back in the building. Um, the next series that just started tonight, Monday at ten o'clock, 
Uh, Colorado just went up two to one. It's the second ever playoff meeting between these two teams, St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche. The first since the 2001 Western Conference Finals. The Avalanche uh, won the season series five to three. Uh, let's see. Uh, leading scorer Perron for St. Louis is in COVID protocol. So Brutal. that's a tough loss for them. Fucking tough loss. I'm not God. sure. I haven't. We've been obviously recording and watching the Bruins. I don't know if Tarasenko was in the game tonight. I know he was TBD. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with a big quote. We're going to have some fun. And we're going to beat them, which is a pretty big quote coming from a guy against the favorites. But uh, he's backed it up in the past. Nate Dog was expected to play. I'm pretty sure he was out there tonight. He just he talked. Missed, okay, he missed four, four out of the last five. Uh, Bo Byram, I'm not sure if he played. He was also uh, had an upper body injury. But either way, this I think this series is going to be tighter than people think. Biz uh, Colorado is a huge favorite. I think St. Louis like 100 to make 400. I don't know if Bennington shows up like he's capable of. This series is going to be pretty tight. I think. I don't think things are going so well in the National Hockey League. I don't think that we're going to get the treat of seeing Vegas and Colorado face each other. But I, I can't, I can't see St. Louis beating Colorado. But I will say there's obviously a question mark in one net, and I'm very confident in Bennington. And if they're going to win this series, he's going to have to stand on his head and. I think he's capable of doing it, but no, I think, I think, uh, am I contradicting myself right now? Does sound, do I sound you a little contradictory? You just, well, you picked, you picked, you picked Vegas and then you just said, you don't think Colorado and Vegas are going to play against each other, but so, we all picked Colorado to win the series. You picked Colorado. So you're all over the map right now. All right. Should I, should I start over? Or should we no. just keep going? No, just oh. keep going. Wait, wait, it's going to be like Stanley Kubrick right now. You do as he says. He's directing no. Put movie. on the fucking Yankees hat, Biz. I'm putting on the Yankees hat. I think Bennington could steal series, but I, I can't see it happening. I, I'm, I'm very confident in Colorado, but Me too. Uh, it's the, like that's just the, that's the way it lies. Me too. It's going to be, they're going to make it a dog fight. They're going to make them have to claw their way out of it, but. I just think too much firepower, even if the goaltending is below average for Colorado, I think they're still going to find a way to win it. And uh, too many weapons. Too many so weapons. So I don't know. That was too like the goaltending speed. situation in, in general for my mind pretzel right there. Too much speed. Although Kairou's so fast in St. Louis, he has the goal tonight. But shots are 33. They were just 33-16. St. Louis just got one. And I don't, I don't see them matching up well against Colorado. I know Ryan O'Reilly's quote was talked about. What else was he going to say, by the way? And for what he's done, he's a, he's a guy who was able to sh- go in there and talk about how he thinks his team's going to win. I mean, I don't think that was anything crazy. He ain't going to be remembered for his quote where they, he said they thought they were going to beat Colorado. I think he's going to re- remember for the Con Smythe in the Cup. You know, I think yeah, he, I think he's exactly. got a few in the bank where he can drop a few. Yep. Yeah, we're going to guarantee it. <laughs> He's yeah. like, no one's going to bring this up ever again once we, yeah. if we lose. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. The no Perron thing sucks because the career he's had and the, the run he had when they won the Cup, he was so instrumental in that championship team. So you need goal scoring. You need the ability to kind of try to match firepower. But this Colorado team, oh, Burakovsky, I think, just rung one off the bar. They are so good. McCarr's goal in the first period was a typical walk the line, 500 miles an hour going sideways somehow. And – it was on the power play, Bozak kind of bit, and you could tell he was so pissed off because I'm sure they're saying whatever you can do to make sure McCarr doesn't get a step on you and get the middle because he just has a wrist shot there with a screen in front. He picks the corner. It doesn't matter, and he did it to go up one nothing. I love Colorado in this series. I, I think that them – I think that they're, it's a little up there with um, Carolina's how much better they are than Nashville. 
Yeah, I forgot to give the predictions before we started talking about the series. Uh, let's see. Grinelli had Colorado in four. Murley had Colorado in five. Witt and Biz both had Colorado in six. I have Colorado in seven. So uh, nobody pulling for the Blues. In now, the series. reason I did say that, though, is I am a bit of a mush. And I didn't want to. <laughs> You're talking to me. If we, I know. And I didn't want to jinx potentially. I didn't even want to. I didn't want to jinx potentially getting Vegas, Colorado, because I think no, that, that I think would be you're such trying to a treat. I think you're trying to like oh cover all bases, not pick anyone. In, in I think you're and you're trying to end up. No, I pick Colorado and I pick okay. Vegas. Okay. All right, boys, moving right along. The North Division. Those two series have not started yet. Those guys uh, up north had some COVID difficulties, COVID delays. But either way, uh, Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, Winnipeg at Edmonton, the first ever playoff meeting between these two franchises. Of course, this iteration of the new, uh, Winnipeg Jets is the old Atlanta Thrashers, not the Biz Coyotes we're familiar with. Edmonton steamrolled the Jets this year, 7-2 to in this season series. Uh, Ill has had missed the last nine games with an upper body injury. We'll see if he gets in the lineup or not. Uh, Mike Smith been huge for Edmonton this year. Edmonton a huge favorite here. Uh, what are we going to get from the series, Biz? Um, I'm very confident in Edmonton. I don't think that Winnipeg has been very sol- solid down the stretch. I think they faded off. I feel like them losing Ehlers or is he what a game time decision for game one or is he still listed as day to day? They weren't saying he was a hundred percent. And so, yeah, he's probably game time decision. Cause I look, I look at that type of injury, the same one as if not worse than like the Leafs losing Hyman in, in, in a sense of like what he brings to the lineup and the energy he creates and what he's able to do on his own out there on the, on, on the sheet of ice. So that is a devastating loss. They don't have the defense in order to afford to lose that type of offense. Hellebuck's got to fucking stand on his head if they have a chance. Um, we, we know what they got up front. They do have weapons guys, but I mean, <laughs> you want to talk weapons? Look at the other team they're playing against. Those are some weapons. And the numbers that they, they put up down the stretch, I, I feel like every day there's more numbers rolling out about what McDavid did in the last, you know, 30 games of the season because that's how insane it was. So right now I'm, I'm very bullish on Edmonton. I think that they, they're going to meet the Leafs in the next one, and we'll get to that later. I don't think that – I don't know the exact year. I think it was like in the last 30 years – uh, only Mario Lemieux has had a higher point per game average over in the course of a season than McDavid. It was Mario Lemieux did it once, had the best first, second, and third, and McDavid was like fourth in terms of points per game. Maybe, maybe it was 25 years, 30 years, I don't know, but there's nothing on the other side that can match with this guy in Dreitzel, Cologne. And I think that if you look at Winnipeg's D and everyone said they had to do something at the deadline, and then you see McDavid... It's like, you know, Pionk and Morrissey, they could, th- th- there's some good defensemen, right? They, they brought in Jordy Ben, but Dylan DeMello, and it's, I, I don't see guys that are, that are going to be able to even come close to shutting them down. I don't, it's like, and that's why they dominated them in the regular season. Why would you think anything different? Um, Hellebuck had times when he wasn't really himself. I love Edmonton in this series. I think Edmonton's on. Uh, we need if we don't get if we don't get Edmonton, Tor- uh, Edmonton, Toronto, one of Edmonton, Toronto, and or Vegas, Colorado, then we got we got kicked in the deck. We're quitting the podcast. We got kicked. We, yeah, we might be done. <laughs> Retire. Uh, um, I just want to B- discuss Bizzle. compensation first. <laughs> Biz, you can't donate your foreskin because that's already donated. <laughs> what was that bill again? 
If the Leafs don't get out. Oh, of the- I said I'd chop or- off my dick. My whole, the whole thing. Oh, if they didn't make it yeah, to the Stanley done. Cup Finals. I think they're going to win it. And we could talk about that one right now. I don't think Montreal's won a game since the All-Star break. <laughs> Although there wasn't one. I think, what have they lost? The last five fucking games coming into playoffs, just back. Just beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Toronto, I don't, are they even playing the series? Or are they going to forfeit? Big. Leafs are going to win oh. in three. Leafs are going to win in three. by fucking... You need, no, you need, leaf stuff. You need huh. like, uh, we need, uh, do, we have leaf shirts? do we have leaf shirts coming out? Biz? Well, what I'm... I was actually got, what I got coming is a custom Jersey. You remember when they used to do the split jerseys? I got a coyotes Jersey and it says biz. And then on the other side, Matthews, whatever the last part of part of that name would spell out. And it's a Leafs slash coyotes Jersey. So it's a smooth transition. He's going to deliver for the Maple Leafs. And then he's going to come deliver for the Coyotes. So I think it's, uh, yeah. So I do have some merchandise, if you're wondering. Did you guys see the Leafs shirt that I put out? It's, uh, a, it's, it's all white. It says it? our oh, year with a Leafs logo totally. on the front and on the back. It's every single year since 1967 crossed out. And then it just says 20, 2021 circled. On How's the back. it selling? I mean, it's selling decent, but man, people, the Leafs fans were pissed at me. Okay. Leafs oh, they, they fans were just flooded with people so from the Ontario. the only people you wanted to be happy with it are pissed at it. <laughs> it was kind of a troll shirt. I sent it to RA beforehand and was like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck with Leafs fans yeah. right now. And if anything else, no matter else, we what fuck you do, they ain't losing to the Habs and they're going to be past the first round for the first time in a long time. It is time, crazy but- though. Imagine price just catches fire and all of a sudden the Habs get the, well, the magic they could the, put the playoff magic from Montreal's past. Well, I hadn't mentioned the predictions yet, and um, everybody except myself has Toronto winning. Uh, Merle's has Toronto in four, Granelli Toronto in four, Biz Toronto in five, Wit Toronto in six, and myself. I have Montreal in seven. All uh, right, that's the biggest troll call. When we sent all no, of each no, other me, these picks, I said right away, that's you being No, a troll. Me, me saying Pittsburgh's going to lose is, is the, my biggest troll call because Pittsburgh fans are the biggest whiners out there. Toronto fans can wind up, wind up, wind their fair share as well, but they're kind of friendly whining Pittsburgh. People get genuinely mad hey, when they pick against the, them. I'll tell you this, R.A., that's going to be the worst pick of your life because the Leafs are actually staying in a baza right now. That's how, and that's how serious they're taking this. Did you hear no. that, Wit? And in, in my Shanahan and Dubas has them standing in the in the Baza in Toronto. I think my bees are over by Spain when he said that because I figured you business. Isn't the Baza where they they made the Russian team stay the night before so they stay out of uh, yeah, funny oh, stuff? Night, okay, had, I thought it was like a fucking yuppie hotel or something. No, honestly, I think when Montreal and I've said it for years, uh, Wit, when they put that fucking jersey on in the playoffs in that locker room, I think it's almost like. Clark Kent putting the Superman outfit on. There's just something Old that fans, those guys just like feel something different and they play different. They play at a different level. And I usually don't buy them the cosmic shit like that. But with the Montreal Canadians, I've seen enough of it to know that it happened. So yeah, Montreal in seven. That's my prediction. Also, we didn't say Edmonton versus Winnipeg. We all picked Edmonton. Uh, Merles and Witt in six. Uh, me and Grinelli in five and Biz in six as well. So those are our predictions. So you can fucking listen to summer. Hey, have, um, has there been? I I think I might have brought this up last podcast. Are they doing the final four somewhere final. for hockey? So I heard they pitched to do Arizona as a, a landing spot once uh, the Western Northern Division comes down, which I think Dude, would be. They a good... have to go final four somewhere that has full capacity, and then everyone can fly. That's there what they're. I think they're, they're trying to pitch that for for <sighs> Arizona. 
at that point in time, right? I mean, the thing the thing is is that that's assuming either Vegas or Colorado are in it. You have to you have to find a neutral location and or I guess would Edmonton have a, a home base at one of the rinks? Because you obviously couldn't do a seven game series. Let's say Vegas advances to the conference finals. Yeah. And let's say, well, I got the Leafs, right? Well, no, so let's say, the final four, you mean? The final four. So when the Leafs come down, yep. well, they can't play all seven games out of out of T-Mobile Arena. No, Vegas. no, 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 no. No, it has to be. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't catch on that. Uh, it has to be neutral. Has to be. So, so you think you it has to be so do you think it has to be neutral for all seven games, or do you have to think it has to be neutral for just no, I think that they should go to a city that 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 doesn't have like Nashville. They should go to fucking Nashville and play the final four in Nashville. That's what they should do. Right there. Write that on a on a on a tweet, Grinelli. Nashville for the final four, because the Preds aren't gonna be in. So you don't think that in a, in a situation where a team makes it to the conference finals, they should be the given it the advantage for their home games to at least have their home crowd because that the North team no, doesn't have that advantage. True. I'm just thinking. No, it's a, it's a great one. Buddy, it's before. a great topic of conversation because they're going to have to figure that out at some point. Well, I that's think- the thing, because if you look at it, when, when, when the, the North winner comes out and, and they, and they get matched up somehow, which is so sick, by the way, that it's, you don't know who's going to be playing who. Like, it's like oh, the fact it. that Toronto could it. come out and end up playing Vegas. It's like a keep so party. Nuts. Oh, but my goodness. Tor- so say Toronto plays Vegas and goes, and they got 20,000 in Vegas <laughs> running them out of the building. Then they go up to Canada, and there's zero people there. Or they can't even let the team no, in no, Canada. No, no, but here's the problem, though, is what would happen would, it would be is they would go over to Arizona if that was one of the landing grounds for the, for at the least Vegas their home ice, and, the, and then they come over like Mad Max through the desert, <laughs> just fucking terrorizing the Leafs, man. But I tell yeah, you really. what, there, I bet you there's enough. Reeves is Tom hey, Hardy, fucking. Hey, I guarantee on something. Hey, I guarantee fucking to you though. Let's say Arizona was a landing spot, which would be fucking genius if it was the Leafs because of the Austin Matthews connection to make Arizona the hotbed for the Leafs as their home games. I bet you could get enough people from Canada committing to coming down here and dealing with even a quarantine on the way back to come no, see the like Leafs. Pasha and never go back. Yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be stuck here. It's a wonder. It's it's, it's wide open that, down here. I, I just don't think it'll be Canada. The, whoever well, the, wins the North, they're going somewhere. Hunt, well, buddy, that's no doubt because you, the, 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 the no fans thing, but what they have to to look forward to is what states at that point in time will will be full capacity. Because if you got to – I mean, you're as a business, you're like, hey – yeah. If this if this place is fully open, let's roll. It'll right? be te- it'll be Texas. Te- te- it could be Stars rank, Preds rank, Coyotes Florida. rank. Uh, yep, Florida. Man, yeah. If Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana had teams, there, they would have full capacity. Actually, too. that 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 reminded me. I know. <laughs> no, they should do. Hey, you know where they should do it? Where they did the Canelo fight? Do it at that. Jerry's oh, down in Texas, yeah, Jerry's World. By the way, Lodge and Rodney did a great job. Final Four at fucking oh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium. Talk about game-changing. Um, Biz, this is crazily going back in time, but into this show. You brought up Nick Dowd. When I was looking him up tonight, I saw he's – Hockey DB, you never know, like, but he says he's from Alabama. Did he, like – do you know if he grew up there? Yeah, yeah, he's from did Alabama. he really? Yep. 
Yep. He grew up playing well, hockey in Alabama. I asked, him to, I, I asked him to come on the show. He'll come tell his whole story. Yeah, we'll have him on the summer. Did he I go to St. Cloud? To Where did he go to school? Yeah, St. Cloud, four years. I saw played in the USHL, but I didn't know if he was born in Bama and then moved somewhere. It's just I don't know the hockey there. It's I felt like uh, I felt like uh, half our team when I was playing for the LA Kings farm team came from St. Cloud. So I think but, one thing Bugsy Land. Yeah, one. Yeah, they're they're. Well, yeah. They know how to. They know how to have a good time, uh, but I think it's wise if you if you trust in the development and where the players are coming from and how coachable they are, and you have somebody that you could trust on the inside. Yeah, go back to the well, and they they did a great job of drafting guys out of there. I think uh, who else came out of St. Cloud from there? Uh, Kevin Gravel, who who was an up and down guy. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Brodziak was another guy. Um, no, I don't think uh, not Kyle Brodziak. Uh, Brodzinski. Brodzinski. Jensen, the defenseman on the Capitals, who's playing nice, too. He he played at St. Cloud. They got a lot of NHLers there. I was so happy in the broadcast, too. First of all, I didn't realize until after the first period, I didn't have to watch uh, Nesson, and I got to oh, go to yeah. NBC Sports. How I didn't think they were allowed to be on at the same time. I don't know the fucking rules would either, but I, I thought at first we were going to have to listen to Nesson, and I was relieved that we can get um, Ken. Yeah, and I was on. so – the only reason I just MLC thought of this is because Edzo was talking about Craig Anderson, and they were going back to how when they beat the Bruins in the first round um, in 16, I think it was, they, they went on to the conference final, and Edzo goes, yeah, and they lost in overtime in game seven to the Penguins. And I'm like, don't say his name, don't say his name, don't say his name. And he didn't say Kunitz scored. I was fucking loving it. Had an ankle. Send him a, send him a text. Uh, Will Kunitz come hey. on the show? Does anyone know him? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, drag your nut, his nuts all over your forehead. <laughs> he really didn't like it, but no, I'm sure he'd come on for a while. I'll get to work. I'll get to yeah. work, boys. All right. <laughs> all right. Hey, Montreal, Toronto. We didn't really get to the specifics of that game. One is Thursday at 7:30. Uh, this is the first series between these two teams since 1979, since the '67 expansion. It's only the third time they've played each other. So this is huge, man. Two original six teams from Canada going at it. Uh, I love it. Toronto is seven two and one during the year versus Montreal. Montreal three six and one. Uh, Gallagher and Price they actually played a game on Laval on a conditional loan. I believe that was Monday night, so I'm not sure how they did. Price had a concussion back in April. Uh, Gallagher had getting hit by a shot, so hopefully those he guys broke. Like, didn't he break in. his thumb? I yeah, he did. Yeah, I banged up his hand. So he went down to Laval to play a game in order to get ready and in shape. Yeah, him and him and uh, good Price for, did. Good yeah. for him. That tells you how much he loves the game and how much he wants to be ready to go. That's Going down to the jungle, Wit, would you do that before a big playoff game if you were yes, Gallagher? Dude. Yes. Because, you, I mean, you, you want to get legs. You want to feel the puck. You want to be in a game. It's it's so different. But still, I was reading a couple of tweets that he was just like being typical Brendan Gallagher up the, out there too, just like having a ball, getting in the Probably mix. telling every single one of those guys across from him how much money he has more than them and <laughs> just fucking planting in front of the net, dropping farts in front of the goalie's face. But how All much more comfortable would you feel going into game one of the playoffs just like having a little some sort of competitive game action under your belt? I, I think it would help. 100%. Yeah, and he missed a lot of games down the stretch too. I mean, Jake Allen, I thought he was really good this year for Montreal. Jack Campbell is going to be starting game one for Toronto. Freddie Anderson missed 24 of the last 25 games uh, for Toronto with a banged up knee. And also, Riley Nash, he, he was acquired by the uh, Maple Leafs prior to the deadline. He hadn't played yet. Uh, Keith said, Sheldon Keefe said, we're going to keep him involved right away and just rely on the 
upon the fact that he's a very smart player, very experienced guy, and that we trust he's going to be able to fit right in. So uh, it looks like he's going to jump right into the lineup, and I don't see why you wouldn't. He's got that veteran experience, and also Zach Hyman is expected back as well. So, again, we're all looking forward to this series, Montreal-Toronto. Good shit. Any final notes, boys, before we move along? Final note is Gabriel Landeskog just finished off a Gordy Howe hat trick. He beat the shit out of Braden Shen, which Shen oh. is tough. Yeah, he is. And uh, pounded him in the first period. He got an assist on the – a beautiful. well, Ranton had made the nice play, but he dished it down the wall on the McKinnon goal, and then he just got a goal to make it 3-1. So have a night, Gabriel. Well, check what's bump. No, 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 no. All right, gang. Uh, Simply Safe is an award-winning home security system, so you know it's engineered with the latest technology you want to keep your family safe. But what really sets Simply Safe apart is its people. Highly trained security experts who are always there for you when when you need them most. These are people who truly care about you being safe. So when an alarm goes off, a person who cares about you is there for you with a phone call to make sure everything's okay, and they'll get fire and or police responders to your front door right away. Even if you're just having a problem setting up, a person who can take care of you is there right away as well with a friendly chat and a quick resolution. I hooked this thing up, and again, it's so easy that I could do it. So if I can, you can. I'm not exactly uh, Timmy Tool time over here. So the bottom line is when you, when you need the most, Simply Safe is there 24-7 with people who care and experts trained to not only keep you safe, but to make you feel safe. To learn more about Simply Safe and how they can help protect you and your family, visit simplysafe.com slash chicklets today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Once again, that's simplysafe.com slash chicklets. Check it out. Again, I want to protect your homestead these days. Can't do any better than Simply Safe. All right, gang, chugging right along here. Well, we got a lot of notes tonight. Uh, a few other. Oh, hockey one notes. last note, quickly. Yeah. Sorry, before we get no, to the right. other hockey stuff, my buddy uh, got pounded Sunday gambling. I think he lost all three. I think he oh. had the Pens, the Knights, and the Cats. And then he's like, "Oh, whatever." I'm, I'm laying it all down. I just laid it all down on Calgary. They're fucking buzzing in Cowtown for the playoffs. <sighs> and I go, dude, it's a regular season game. He's like, no. Oh, my God. And in in all fairness, like, it's never happened before. He's like, what the fuck is this thing doing with a regular season 10 o'clock game after those three playoff games with two teams that aren't even in the playoffs, I told him. So Calgary, he woke up, he did the 3 a.m. piss check. They were up 5-1 and blew it in the third and then won in overtime. So it was, would have been the biggest sweat of all time had he stayed up for the big Calgary-Vancouver playoff. Till. Dude, so he had all of his money back, which is like another example of how the league can't lose right now. They had that game to follow all the playoff games. Yeah, yeah but that, that was only for the game, that was only right? for the true like I can't use certain words because of our owner, but that was only for people who really needed to come back on fucking Sunday night. Biz. Like trust because Flames and Canucks fans watch that game. Yeah, but, dude, I I bet Calgary on the puck line wet. They were plus one seventy five, and like I wasn't watching it. I just bet it because I lost the the last game of the night. I bet I bet Florida lost that. I actually had Minnesota and the Islanders earlier in the day, but I'm trying to get my money back, and they're up five one. I'm like, ah. Oh, you know, it should be okay. It's third period. I know it's not over. Oh, back no. and looked, it was 5-5 five, five overtime. So, of course, I, I didn't even bet him fucking money. Line. I had him regulation and puck, so I lost both oh. of them. And it's like, you're an asshole for betting that fucking oh. game when you bet it. So, 
That's right. I got it all back. Oh, in the game, though. That is a yeah. kick in the dick. Oh, it was a kick in the dick. But all right, some fi- some other hockey notes here. We want to pass along. That's pretty much it for the playoffs. Connor McDavid led the league in scoring with 33 goals, 72 assists, 105 points, and 56 games played. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl finished second. Marshawn was third. Mitch Marner fourth. Austin Matthews led the league with 41 goals. Uh, the next closest was uh, McDavid with 33. Kaprinkat was third with 32. We want to send a congrats to Paul Stastny, who played in his 1,000th NHL game Tuesday versus Vancouver. He was the first member of the fabled Stastny family to reach that number, so congrats to him. He's what a guy a- he is, and he promised me um, first summer after he retires, he's coming on. Great stories. Actually, I remember he enormous soccer fan. I know he's big into that. He's a and Chelsea just fan, a guy that any anyone who's ever played with them, he's one of their favorite teammates. Like always in a good mood, unreal player, hell of a career. Congrats to him. I think I think he's a Chelsea fan, isn't he? I don't know what team he roots for. I don't maybe Man United. I don't, I don't think or it's Man Chelsea. City. Maybe. I think he roots for the same team. I as, know uh, Steen. Steen is nuts for Man City. So okay. I should get in touch with him for a little bet for Champions League. I should get good odds. And I don't know Staz's team. It might. Is it Man U? I think it might be Man U. But we're, we're, we're going to have him on. I just wanted to let everyone know. You're going to love him. Yeah, he's the first member of the organization to get a silver stick as well. Like I mentioned earlier, those Jets are the former Atlanta Thrashers, not the uh, old Jets that... Big Walt played for. And he also started at center in that 1,000th game. Uh, it was pretty cool what Bob Maurice did. He let him take the opener faceoff with um, uh, Blake Wheeler and Nate Thompson, who are also the guys who had the most games at their positions for the team history as well. So it was a pretty cool thing that Maurice did. And uh, speaking of coaches, some doing some pretty cool things. Uh, after we recorded last Monday, Tampa Bay started the first ever all-black line in an NHL game. I'm surprised it took this long. Daniel Walcott, uh, Matthew Joseph, and Jamel Smith. Uh, all lined up to start the game together. It was Walcott's first NHL game as well. Uh, Tampa Bay coach John Cooper said, first of all, they're all in the NHL for a reason. They deserve to be here. They've worked their tails off. They have them all together. They have a little chemistry moving forward in the league. You hope it isn't the story anymore, and it's the norm. It was a pretty cool moment for all those guys. So, yeah, so that's a good thing by Coop right there to start those guys. I mean, it, like I said, I'm surprised it never happened in NHL history. I know they have been uh, a few handful of teams with – Three black forwards on it before, but we never saw them actually play together. So, uh, well, it is becoming the norm now because we saw it in Ontario in the in the AHL not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But it's just like I said, I can't believe when you when you realize it hadn't happened in the NHL before, at least not documented. Yeah. If it did, there was no note of it beforehand. So, uh, hats off to Coop and uh, Walcott, Joseph, and Smith. Congrats on that, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and Ottawa, dude, I put this note in here. I know everybody thought I really thought they were going to win the Stanley Cup this year, which really isn't the case, but they were much better than expected. 23, 28, and 5 with 51 points. With 14 of their 23 wins were by two or more goals. Puck climb Jesus. Uh, Jimmy Stu, too. We had that great video last week. He scored his first NHL hat trick in the building, but there were no fans there. A couple of days later, all the neighborhood kids come, flooded his yard with hats. Just made for a nice, uh, a nice little viral video. I know you guys got that. He's like, I got a sign somewhere where nobody knows who I am. Jesus. <laughs> Living in a college duplex with fucking <laughs> with Brady. I just had like the fourth grade novice team just show up at my house. I was having a girl over. This is crazy. Those are all the kids beating up Grinelli on Xbox. <laughs> throwing throwing their lids in their backyard. 
Jimmy Stu, what a local legend already. What who, a player, huh? Who he so he just went back overseas. Uh, we reached out to him. He's another guy we'd love to have on the podcast. So we think we'd probably try to bring him on with Brady in order to maybe uh, you know help no. out with the translation and figure out why he stopped using the dick tape job. I think he's completely eliminated that. We called it out, and he's moved on. You shamed him. Uh, also, we want to send a congratulations, actually two of them out to Haley Wickenheiser. She had quite the month. Uh, she was named to senior director of player development for the Leafs after being an assistant director for the, nearly three years. And she also just finished medical school to become an ER doctor. Uh, that's a hard thing to do, man. It's incredible that she does this, these many things in her life. Uh, such a great hockey player, now an ER doctor. So congrats to the Canadian hockey legend. Uh, quick look at the gambling stats from the first round, Wit. Three out of the four games, well, not going into Monday night, three of the first four games went to OT. The over and under was two and two. Underdogs went three and one, and there were no puck line covers in the first four games. And actually, Colorado's sitting on the Brusco one right now. Well, Carolina did tonight. Carolina got one. So, yeah, again, going into it. So, either way, uh, let's see. What else we got for you? Hey, gang, sport clips, stylists, uh, experts, and men and boys haircuts with specialized training and techniques. Cutting guys' hair can be harder than women's hair, believe it or not. And when you go to sport clips versus a place that cuts women's hair, you're getting stylists who are specifically trained to cut guys' hair. Sport clips are experts in understanding facial shape and hair texture and cutting to a guy's best advantage. And sport clips' signature service is the MVP haircut experience. It's so much more than a haircut. You got the legendary hot steam towel on your face and the massaging shampoo that makes you melt into your seat. It's the ultimate in relaxation. With 1,800 locations nationwide, a Sport Clips is closer than you think. So visit a Sport Clips near you for a haircut that exceeds the typical experience from start to finish. All right, boys, that's it for all the hockey-related categories. I know how much we have fun with the et cetera categories. First off, we dropped the latest sandbaggers Sunday night. And you guys lost to Joe Wilcop and Oh my goodness. Oh my God. What, what a match. I mean, first off, Jovo played unreal. I think he ended up shooting one over and he says he's a four handicap. I don't know, man. Every single drive, he doesn't like hit it super far, but he knows exactly where it's going. It's a fade every single time. That's and called a short- fade. That looked what? like a banana hook to me. <laughs> It's not a banana slice because he knows what it's doing, but he it's more it's his putting and his chipping. And we had a couple camera angles that I think could have been a little bit better in terms of showing like the difficulty of his shots. He had an up and down on the par five on the back before the par three that was ridiculous. He he was just like unconscious when he was off the green. And then Theodore kicked in that long, like 60 foot putt. We were grinding. We could not tie it up on the back nine. And sure as shit, the last hole, they're all stroking. We can't get it done. I hit a nine iron. I remember that because I was like 143 into a little wind. I hit a nine. I should have hit a really smooth eight, landed on the hill, rolled back into the water. Biz was left. And we were kind of screwed once they hit it up near the green anyways. We needed to win the hole. We couldn't even tie it. But check that sandbagger out because... Jovo might have had the meanest chirp in the history of chirps. Yeah, on the 16th he got me there. But I'll tell you what, I back nine, I just didn't come to play. Front and it was, I think, was it, I think it was on the ninth. It was on the ninth. It, I think it was the hex I hole. Know, the hex. 
where it was the three putt. And from there on, I just couldn't focus. Mind you, I, I'd had a couple too many pink Whitney's and I was trying to balance it all. I just, I, I, I couldn't come up clutch with, and, and now I'm going to, you're on the IR, which is devastating. We got yeah, two losses in a row. We're in the dumps. I got to start taking lessons. I got to start taking accountability and I got to start making some fucking putts like I did in the beginning. It was, it was a great match though. Shout out to Lago Mar. The place is awesome. I saw they have a USAM qualifier in a couple, uh, a couple weeks, I think. So that place was in sick shape. We had a blast. And thanks to Jovo and Theo. Theo said to me, cause immediately when, when the video dropped, I was on the chat, meanest chat in the world, by the way. Um, I was on the chat and a bunch of people were like, this Theodore is hilarious. You got to get him on the show. And, and, he, and he had written me that morning. He said, hey, is the sandbagger coming out tonight? By the way, you got to bring the Frenchie on the show. I got more stories than you can imagine. <laughs> so he's going to come on. And then he goes, hey, listen, bud, trust me. Be ready. We have a lot to talk about when I come on. I played 16 years. There's a lot of good shit here. I said, Theo, will you fly out of New York? And and we're going to be in New York. Why don't you come this week? And we'll do it in person. He goes, fly me down, and I'm there. So maybe we do that. Dude, wow. He's a savage. He is a great guy. Won the MVP. We had a blast. Him and Jovo, like I just said, thank you. And, yeah, in terms of me being on the IR, it's a little bit of, like, a therapy session for me right now, talking to you guys. I'm losing my mind slowly. It's like, killing me softly with this injury. You know that Lauren Hill song? Yes, it's I like, do. it's yeah. killing me Roberto softly Flack, because yeah. it's like, I had, I had tennis. I had this injury in the right elbow, like tennis elbow, they call it. Three years ago, I got a cortisone shot. I've never felt it since. It started hurting me in the fall last year, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's like tendonitis, basically. Well, it was getting worse and worse. Then when I we were in Florida, I lived down there for two two months this year, and was swinging them. Dude, I was in a lot of pain. I was like, this thing's fucking killing me. But I kept playing. If I hadn't played golf in Florida we wouldn't have lost that sandbagger. And also I wouldn't be injured right now, but now I'm fucked because now it went worse and worse. Then I went to sea Island. I shouldn't have done that. I was shooting tortle on my ass to play in a guy's golf trip, which by the way, we won team trash sickest uniform of all time. I showed Grinelli. So it was worth doing, but now it won't get better. And I've had, and I actually really appreciate everyone. I'm sorry for ranting right now, but I just need to get this off my chest. You guys, I appreciate everyone for reaching out to me with a bunch of different options in terms of like helping this injury. And I've heard and tried everything and I'm doing everything right now. I'm resting it. I'm doing PT. I'm doing the exercises. I'm working out. Some of it stems from the tightness in my shoulder biz, like my trap, my shoulder, and all of it can kind of be pulling, but either way, it's, is it it's your bad. left elbow? No, I can't even open a bag of fucking. Is it your left elbow? Rider. It's my left elbow. Could and it be your left ear in the, in your weight, the weight, <laughs> The weight from that side. Hey, you know what? I would say you're up. right, but I think when it comes to that stuff, it's crossbody. So my left big ear would bother the right side of my oh, body. Okay. That's how that works out. So yeah, it's like uh, the doctor told me they think by July I'll be like fine. But if it comes July and I'm not better, then you're talking surgery. And I even tell we're the just going to saw it off. Surgery for work. this thing is a nightmare, dude. No blood goes to the elbow. There's no blood flow to the elbow. Like I'm doing anything I can, but to get not get surgery. All right, but start practicing your chipping. Wait, wait, did you you ever hear this? I can't the joke even of, chip and putt. Uh, you right, start practicing your putt. chipping. Did you putt, ever, hey, by the way, my chipping's incredible. My putting's an issue. Yeah, what, all right. Ever hear the joke about the guy who goes to his doctor because uh, his elbow's bothering him? 
And the, oh. and the, the doctor says, buddy, I think your tennis elbow is bothering you. He's like, ah, fucking my tennis elbow, please. I don't even play tennis. So he's like, I'm telling you, it's your tennis elbow. He comes back two weeks later. He goes, uh, my, my elbow still bothering me. The doctor says, no, nah, it's your tennis elbow. The guy's like, what this fucking guy talking about my tennis elbow? He goes, comes back two weeks later. Same thing. Tennis elbow is bothering me. He says, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He goes, I want you to take a drug test. Go home. Do a drug test. Come back. So he's like, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. So he has his wife pissing the thing. He has his daughter pissing the thing. He has his dog pissing the thing. And then for good measure, he goes and jerks off in the thing. Gives the thing to the doctor. Two weeks later, the doctor calls him and he goes, buddy. He goes, listen. He goes, I told you before, you get tennis sober. He goes, and also, your wife's got VD. Your daughter's pregnant. Your dog got worms. And if you don't stop jerking off, your tennis elbow is never going to go away. <laughs> and, hey, I'll tell you what. I, halfway I was through, like, I didn't expect. I was much. like, "This is awful," but in the end, it was pretty good. Yeah, it, was, you turned it, was, it around, all right. You turned boy, it around. Actually, I am a lefty in that sense, so who fucking knows? Oh, but really? You talk, how you talk stuff, off? Numa. I can go both because I remember I had left wrist surgery on the TFCC that was torn, so then I just switch it up on the rehab from that in like '07. I'm ambidextrous, though. I've told many people I throw a baseball. I pitched lefty. And I throw a football righty. So I'm wild. I'm wacky. And I think that right now, though, I'm losing my mind. I need a hobby. So if anyone has a good idea for a hobby, let me know. I was reading outside the other day. Was reading a a book. There you go. Perfect hobby right there. How many? I don't know. Because then my wife's like, Ryan, Ryder's crying. Ryder, by the way, is shitting on the toilet now. It, it is incredible. Dude, he was taking full-blown smashes and you're changing the diaper. He's like three and a half years old. It's like, bud, you got to start going in the toilet, man. Oh, like not like not the wet kind, just like full well, I would go with, well, I, he would wait till we put his diaper on at night and he'd be like, I don't have to go, I don't have to go. He put the diaper on at night and he'd smash. So I'd go in like after he went to bed, later on before I go to bed, right? I'd go in, he's on his stomach because he smashed, he didn't want to lay in. I got to get him on a bed, I'm changing. <laughs> so I was fine. I'm going to just let him sleep in this. I mean, it's disgusting, but he's got to learn. Got to learn the hard way. So yeah, that's good. It's like college. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I went on Fox Business. Oh, fuck. How do do we bury this? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about this. So Fox Business. So I was nice enough to get invited on um, the Clayman Countdown by Liz Clayman. She's a Fox Business host. Huge hockey fan. I think she, she she mentioned she she grew up in L.A. and went to she told me she went to the Kings games with her dad. Then she had season tickets for the Rangers. So Erica Nardini and I went on. We're just talking about Pink Whitney. So they have me. Um basically zoom in with a guy an hour before to get your exact background, how they need it in terms of the shot. So he's having me move my chair. He's having me move everything around. Boom. He's like, you're done. You're good. So I'm like, all right. He goes, don't change a thing. And then come back on at three fifteen. So I come back on at three fifteen, and I zoom in and the screen's black. Like if my computer screen was off right now, that's what it was. As I'm talking to everyone, I was like, so when do I see Liz? And they're like, no, you don't, you don't see anything. I'm like, pardon? They're like, yeah, you don't, your screen's blacked out. So just, that's why. That's so difficult. I was like, oh my God. Hey, before this interview started, I, I, I held my, uh, my hand to my hand to my, like to my heart rate, dude, in 15 seconds, I must've had 25 heartbeats. I was, I've never in my life been that nervous for one thing. You got the puck on your stick. Yeah, Biz. Uh, I don't know if you know who you're talking to. I was fucking snapping around tape, tape passes. That should have been a line for you because you couldn't even chip it in correctly. So, no, getting the puck on my stick was comforting. 
getting in front of a black computer screen to go on Fox business was the biggest panic, but she teed me up with some nice questions. And then Erica talked about a lot of the business side and it was a great experience. It was awesome. I had a blast, but it was the most nervous I've ever been for something in my life. And you mentioned I, I, and, I and the worst part was I was looking <laughs> into the black screen, but the whole time I wasn't looking into the camera. So I didn't know, like he told me I was good, but then I didn't. So in the whole interview, I'm not looking at the camera, which is kind of annoying. It looked like but, you uh, were during it though. It wasn't like you like was staring off in a space during it. Cause I was watching it live. Well, and then it all goes back to kind of finishing off the story in terms of how nervous I was. I couldn't believe it, and I crushed it, dude. Go watch the interview, guys. I'm not somebody to toot my own horn, but I crushed this interview. And it goes back to you play your best when you're nervous. You play your best. You produce results in work, in life, in sports when you're your most nervous. I don't know what it is. It makes people like reach levels that they don't know they necessarily had. And I was able to get through it. And at the end, it was a rush. I was like, I was just on Fox business talking about our drink that we all put together. And it was a blast. So I mentioned the team. There's no I in team. And yeah, that's my little therapy session. It was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. I got word last minute from Grinelli and popped it on. Don't lose you watch TV at that hour of the day. So I loved it. Uh, Grinelli, we got to get to you with the song. Uh, fill the people in. The contest is up to $20,000 this week, guys. Nobody's won this thing. Oh, Nobody has won it. It's up to $20,000. But did you see somebody won the other song for the stock market? Can you tell that story, Grinelli? Yeah. So someone basically, they basically do the same thing for Davey Day Trader that they do for the song. You're basically going in and you're picking stocks. Some guy won and, and the payout ended up being, it just kept going and going and going because no one won. And the kid won $65,000. Get out of here. You know how he won him. though? So you pick six. I, I I don't I don't exactly how he won, but I don't know exactly how many stocks you pick. Say it's six. You have to pick what they finish the day at, like what they're worth. Worth even he the was, cents? No, no, just a dollar, just a dollar. Not the cents. So he's five for six, and he's got Apple ending at one twenty-five, and Apple all of a sudden is looking like because they round up, so it was one twenty-four point six, and they're like, oh my god, this guy's gonna get it done. All of a sudden, it drops down 124.4. And at the last second, it hopped up and closed at 124.8 to round up to 125 for 65 grand. Oh, my goodness. And what was cool is in the same way it will happen when somebody wins the song, you're following it because you're knowing at least Hank and everyone starts realizing. I don't know if you're like the power picks. Yeah, you can. You can see everyone else's picks. So that's cool. And the the coolest part about it all is like you're signing up for free. Everything you're doing here, it's for free. Like that kid won 65K, didn't put a dime down. And you can do that too with the song. So sign I up. Know, and the people, you know, I've, got, I've seen the response. This is impossible. All right, dude, don't do it. It's free to take three yeah. minutes and guess on a bunch Fuck of answers. You might, might win money. Fucking cry me a river. Uh, also, G, the Hockey Fest video that we put together, we got a big thing coming up in uh, August. Have we teased that yet or have we shared that or what? Well, yeah. So this is two different things, really. In August, uh, August 6th and 7th, we will be in uh, Detroit, Michigan, hosting our own uh, Hockey Fest tournament. But you, myself, Biz, we did a video uh, last week for Hockey Fest, which is the best of the best, the best street hockey tournament in all of Canada. They have look, they're going to do locations all over Canada and America this summer, just hosting street hockey tournaments. So Jonesy. we got a video coming out this Wednesday. It's pretty funny. And uh, you can find that on our YouTube channel. 
Nice. And like we mentioned earlier, uh, bucket hats are for sale. We also have Battle of Florida shirts. If you're whether you root for Miami, I'm sorry, or Florida or Tampa Bay, we got either side for you. Uh, Tons and also- of playoff shirts too, though, RA. Like every team, we, we made it a goal this year that every when every team plays their first game, we're going to have a T-shirt ready for them. So no fan base goes uh, le- left feeling like we didn't appreciate them. So store.barstoolsports.com or barstoolsports.com slash chicklets. We got a bunch of tees in there. Fucking quite the salesman. Uh, also, too, um, unfortunately, we only made one appearance. The dozen trivia that Jeff D. Lowe has done a fantastic oh. job running. You obviously saw our first episode if you did watch it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Witt and Biz yelled at Biz. Uh, Witt and Ari yelled at Biz. You know, we yelled at Biz before because he said the answer before the other team dinged. I want to clarify this. We, Biz did nothing wrong. He just was a little early on the answer. I just didn't want him to inadvertently give the answer away. So it wasn't like yelling at Biz. It was just more like, don't say an answer. Sometimes I need a hey, good Biz yelling. can yeah. handle himself, everyone. What do you got, fucking people sticking up for you online? Biz? No, those are my no. uh, burner accounts. <laughs> on the, yeah, burner. And then and then as far as the, Biz Durant, <laughs> the tall, tall buildings and city answers, wit, you did say Denver. I went back and watched it. You said Denver. And I had a brain fart. I was staring at the board. I saw Houston. We just said Houston. I said it again, but it didn't really matter because Denver wasn't on the board. And even if we said a city that wasn't the board, we still would have lost. Given the I want to play out. So I want to do these dozen trivia games with NHLers where we go against like three guys from another team. Would, could we oh. could we set that up? Do you think D'Lo would set that up? No. Well, dude, D'Lo works his dick off to be fucking. You got to write the questions though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'd do it specifically tailored for us, but maybe he could have some guest stars on or something. But by the way, I bet you we could even get the players to write their own questions and we still beat them. That's also how dumb some of these guys are. In classic fashion and in such barstool fashion, D'Lo is is they're, they're giving him bottles of Dom Perignon with sparklers after the finish off of the dozen. And then the first match, dude, the first match. Portnoy gave an answer that was correct, and D'Lo said it was wrong. And since then, Portnoy's team lost, and now they have an auto bid to the champion. They play the champion to win it all. <laughs> because team? D'Lo fucked up. So he's, he crushed it, and the show's amazing. I've actually watched every one of them. i got to watch tonight's tomorrow because of the playoffs. But it's been a blast. But in, in typical Portnoy fashion, he's going to end up winning this thing now. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, we can't spoil anything that happened. Everybody knows we get knocked out. Um, I thought we gave our best try. I mean, no, it's good as knowing that wit. Like, we didn't fuck up that bit. It was one question. Like, oh, man, we got that. What a spun. Then you have this, like, lingering regret. Or he's doing a post-game press conference right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Where do you think it all went wrong, all right? That's the you thing. It, so it didn't into this. Too? It didn't go all. It didn't go wrong. It's that we. All went, right. How many like, nights of sleep have you missed? Cause, none cause of because that because Jake up. Vibs and Vlad was so good. I mean, those guys answered eleven out of twelve questions. No matter what we did, they were going to beat us. So that those are the well, best no, ways to lose. It, all right. Was the double incorrect. up on Houston your Carl that's Malone incorrect, moment right. when we uh, went no. twelve for twelve? We would have won. Well, but we but we had the same answers no matter what. Questions no matter what, we didn't answer them. So I know, but you're saying no matter what we did, we would have lost. But that's not true. If we answered everyone correctly, we would have won. They missed one. No, no, but yes, but, yes, <laughs> yes. But, but All right. It, it, it played you just out. said whatever I mean, whatever we did, we wouldn't have won. If we'd gone twelve for twelve, we would have won. I think Wits got you here, RA. Like, uh, come right. on, but no, what I mean is I'm, I'm talking about speci- specifically about that, that question with the multiple answers. If we got that right, it wouldn't have mattered. We still would have lost the match because we lost by enough points where that 
question would. Oh, been on that, that question. question. Okay. Yeah. So instead of regretting that you. one question, well, I yeah. mean, to to be fair, it would have been quite the momentum swing, and momentum does play a big factor in these competitions. Yeah, so. but I don't think you know. I don't think Biz, momentum. What was that question you got memory. right though? No, you got the. Uh, you crushed something at the at the last minute in our match. Remember, got, uh, match, I got what's his name from Iron Man, the, the guy Robert Downey yeah. Jr. in the face mask, yeah. And yeah, no, I think we played good. I, I honestly, though, those guys, we, <laughs> we get a, we get a tip the hat, dude. Those guys scored the best in the first in any any. This is round. RA Stanley Cup. No, I, if you could tell, but he didn't he even still have to sneak snuck in. into the post. He party. got invited. Yeah, I did. I, I did get called in. For Are we wrapped up? Or what else? We I got think here? we're all wrapped up. The only other thing I had written down. I don't know if you guys been watching any shows or movies or whatever. I know. I. I like to fill my time with that type of stuff but hbo uh hbo max there's a show called hacks you guys know gene smarters she was on the watchman she was on she's actually in that mayor of east town i've been telling you about with uh kate winslet she's she was on like design a woman years ago she's a great actress but she's on the show called hacks she plays like an old comedian in vegas who's like basically her prime is pastor and she hires this young girl to teach her like new jokes and shit the first two episodes uh yeah it's really good it's called hacks on HBO Max, uh, two two episodes, three episodes. I think they've done so far. Very entertaining, but that's about it. Otherwise, playoffs for me. And in terms of the PGA, oh yeah, Kiowa, site of uh, Rory McIlroy's first PGA Championship. He then won another one at Valhalla. He won recently. He could get it done. He's got a ton of confidence there. I think Justin Thomas. Every major is a safe pick. He's a freak. Um, I'm looking forward to it though because they got biz. They what the, the deal is, right? The first like seven or six holes are gonna be playing dead into the wind. And then you got the next like six holes dead downwind. And then you got the final four, five, six holes dead into the wind, including a par three that I think is two thirty, dead into the fan on seventeen. Uh, Yeah, so it's a tough course. It's the longest course in major championship history, and it's the site of the most legendary Ryder Cup, the 1991 War on the Shore, where Bernard Langer missed, I think, about a a four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half-footer putt uh, to to win the cup for for Europe. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. We're going to be in New York. I can't wait to see you guys. I can't wait to see Merle's. We'll have golf during the day, and then we'll have some live streams at night. And Saturday night, game on, Portnoy in the house. I think Elio's coming up. I wrote him to come up as well. What do you got, Grinelli? Boys, we have a melee at the end of the Blues-Avs game. An absolute Bennington skating the full length of the ice, trying to have a goalie fight. It's popping off right now, guys. All right. It's getting Good way to end, end it. it. So everyone, go check that out if you're listening at 6 a.m. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're just getting started. Let's go. Playoffs are here. Peace. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you on the live stream Wednesday. As always, we'd like to thank our awesome sponsors here on Spit and Chicklets. Huge thanks to our friends at New Amsterdam Vodka and Pink Whitney. Big thanks to our friends at Body Armor for keeping us hydrated. Huge thanks to our friends at Ernest. Check them out for your student loan needs. Huge thanks to our friends at Shady Rays. Keep me looking good during the summer here. Big thanks to everybody at Simply Safe for keeping us safe right now. And a big thanks to everybody at Sport Clips. If you're looking for a haircut, if you're a guy or a boy, by all means, check them out. Have a great week, everyone.